So this is No Sold. Here we are again, joined by my guys, Robbie Rage, Kenny Chaos, mm. High Voltage. How you guys feeling? Great, John. Loving it. Loving it. If uh, you're watching on video here, some would say we're being joined by uh, Santa Claus <laughs> because uh, in the Christmas spirit, one uh, Duke. But yeah, here we are. We're going to be going back in time, 1997, December. Before we move on, though, mm. our tag team, my tag team partner, and I want to introduce our manager. Since we're going to be covering Starcade 97, this man also competed. You got it right, pal. You're part of the NWO. Um, also competed as a wrestler, but uh, mostly as a bodyguard and a manager. Let's introduce <laughs> our manager. Vincent, formerly known as Virgil, Soul Train Jones. There he is right here. One of the stars, stars of the night. (laughs) Sure was. Poor guy. I mean, at one point, Buff Bagwell was calling back for Vincent at one point. Yeah, yeah. Specifically Vincent. Vincent? Yeah. It was great. Uh, Yeah, we're going to travel back to 1997. So that's uh, 25 years ago. I can math. Look at you. 25 years. 25 year anniversary. That was right off the top of your head. You didn't think about that earlier or anything. (laughs) No, no calculator. Nothing. Nothing. And um, we're going to talk about In Your House, Degeneration X, the very last In Your House, WWF uh, pay-per-view, Degeneration X, and also Star K97 from WCW from the from december of 97 as well we're going to get into all the details of each event like we've done a few times here we like to compare and contrast two events from the same month from the same year just to see the pulse of those companies to sort of um just kind of see the landscape of wrestling in that time and and for this one it was very interesting to see some of the parallels and some of the very very stark differences with these companies uh Real quick, before we get into all the details of the shows, Frank, what did you think traveling back to 97 in a nutshell? Were you happy you uh, took this this time travel back? Yeah, man. I mean, it's always fun, but I thought these shows were a little rough, especially in your house, you know, but uh, it's definitely fun to see like what's going on and why guys are in the spot they're in you know it's just random but uh yeah i mean it's a good time definitely i don't even remember much of this dx pay-per-view outside of maybe the main event you know so it was like it was cool to go back and check it all out but uh yeah uh doesn't it doesn't hold up great (laughs) can't wait to get your thoughts on um some of the the brawlers from these shows and duke um for you 1997 i know you were immersed pretty deeply in in the business at this time did these shows um spark memories for you like did you remember these shows without watching them sort of going off like off the top of your head did you know what happened um i remembered some stuff i like these this format for these shows that we do because sometimes you'll go back and revisit stuff that you wouldn't normally and um like DX in your house is one of those, you know, that I probably wouldn't have gone back and and rewatched just because I remembered it being like not so good. Um, but it's also cool because sometimes things are better than you remember them. And uh, yeah, I mean, Starcade 97, like 
obviously we were friends back then we were um the place that i was working at we were all gonna go to starcade like we had it planned and uh we ended up having to do inventory and like rather than you know some people go and some not we just kind of you know didn't go because mm -hmm. it felt you know corny to leave our buds behind but i think this so is yeah, right before I mean, uh we met right before we met i believe uh, i think i met you right in early really? 98 oh, i okay. believe it would have been who would have who would have been like who was in charge over there at that time I dave it was dave oh okay cool yeah and it was like nice. me dave um was zern there i want to say zern was there yeah um okay uh yeah we had a good amount of people and like it just you know it wasn't in the cards but yeah to answer your question totally into it um these are always a blast to go back and like i like to get your guys's thoughts on them you know um especially Same. frank because he's the youngest of us so frank yeah, this is right before to... you started watching wrestling right or right this is around before i started watching wwf hard again um, okay because I was watching WCW. I was I was in NWO stuff like when it was happening, probably 96. <clears throat> okay. But yeah, but because like I was deep in this uh in the this crow sting trenches at this point, you know. But uh mm -hmm. you know, but well, I can't DX wait to stuff, hear. you know, it was very I, I probably jumped into DX like not far, you know, removed from this, you know, but uh but you hated DX, right? I mean, we gotta like eventually talk about the details of the Shawn Michaels character <laughs> here, but like this is because we all know you don't love HBK in mm -hmm. any incarnation, but this DX version, you were specifically like, yeah, you, no, I think, listen, I don't think I was the only one. I think a lot of motherfuckers hated them at this point, you know, because I don't think HBK DX, HBK Chevrolet and China DX, I don't think they were super over. I just think Vince loved Shawn so much and he was letting them do whatever they wanted. I think DX gets extremely over when they change the whole squad, you know, and they add everybody and X-Pac comes back and then outlaw. You said this before. This was your theory. And yeah, because I, I watch all that old DX stuff and I'm like, the crowd does not give a fuck about you guys. Maybe you're getting some heat, you know, because they're playing villain. But I think a lot of it with people are just like, I don't like these dudes. And then or they did kind of like them and were forced to cheer against them. I don't know. Well, I, I but I hear you because they're the main event was a little silent at times, mm -hmm. but it's we'll also talk. I agree. I think that that incarnation, Triple H, X Pac, the Outlaws, mm -hmm. like I think that was the most over. Mm -hmm. But that was also at a time when wrestling peaked too. Yeah. This is kind of a weird time, and we'll talk about it more like. Even the matchups, like, mm -hmm. it's really interesting. Their roster was kind of thin, man. Mm -hmm. Like, when yeah, you we're have time some for the of these, WWF. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. WCW was stacked. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, anyway. Yeah. No, very weird times, um, <clears throat> for WW, for the WWF specifically. But let's get into it. We'll start with, uh, in your house, D Generation X, because this was the, the show that happened a little earlier in the month of December in 1997. It was December 7th from Springfield Civic Center in Springfield, Massachusetts. And like I said before, this is the last ever In Your House pay-per-view. And um, JR and Jim Ross on the call. Vince McMahon was done announcing at this point. So wait a second. You're telling me JR and Jim Ross were uh, both here together? <laughs> <laughs> JR, yeah. He was doing double duty. <laughs> I should have let you go because you would have had to. You would have uh, had to keep it in. <laughs> I will keep it in. We're live, pal. 
It was JR and Jerry. Oh, let me let me go again. Let me go again, bro. <laughs> this is JR and Jerry Lawler on the call. Oh. Vince was Vince was done. Vince was done. Uh, yeah, he was uh, assuming the character by by this time. Because yeah, I actually ended up watching Raw the day after this. Oh, well, maybe we can talk see. a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And uh, Fink <clears> still <throat> on the on the announcing uh, ring announcing. So that was so good to awesome. hear. Good old Fink's voice. But uh, really quick, before we get into the first match and whatnot, the opening video of the DX pay-per-view, some would say, um, I don't know, maybe like a B-porn sort of, <laughs> like the way it was uh, laid out. I mean, I didn't know what to tell people was on my TV when I'm watching <laughs> it here. It, it was like yeah. the soft core, very trashy. It was not their best, but I guess that was the point, right? Like, Yeah. This, opening video package it didn't yeah, really get you degenerates too hyped. bro yeah 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 it didn't get you like hype for the main event though like we'll see on the other show right yeah um which but, is weird yeah. because wwf is really good at that historically yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know yeah, it's, so, it's so, weird like, that the production quality was kind of meh mm -hmm. oh my god was it ever yeah was it? They must have been, yeah, thin in that department at the time yeah. of production because it was. But uh, just to set the stage really quick for Starcade 1997, this was the MCI Center, Washington, D.C., December 28th, 1997. So a few weeks later, Tony Schiavone, Dusty Rhodes, Mike Tanay were on the call, and Dave Penzer was your ring announcer. Good old Dave. Uh, good hearing his. You know, voice. he's still working, by the way. Yeah, who's he with? Impact Wrestling impact mm. okay yep. for a while now right yeah yeah long yeah time. i wanted to say though um 17,500 at the mci center for starcade and only 6,358 wow really at the springfield civic center wow wwf crazy yeah, it's very very time. crazy wow Six thousand three hundred fifty. I, I felt like it was smaller like it, it looked smaller for sure but mm -hmm. wow man and Starcade totally lied because they were like almost twenty thousand people. I don't know if you guys caught that. Mm. Oh, uh, on, this, on the on the broadcast, like I don't know if it was Tony or Dusty, but yeah, almost well, twenty thousand people. Some would say Tony um, <clears throat> lied with his first line uh, of the night. He said, "This is the biggest night in the history of our sport." That was his first line to open the show. I guess it could have been right leading into it. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was that was a very yeah, big huge. match. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it's like bigger than like WrestleMania one just for mm -hmm. like what it did for the business. But I mean, <laughs> right. that was a big deal. Like, Sting and Hogan them. was a big deal, man. Yeah, for yeah. them too. You know, and like, like I don't it's think... Go ahead. yeah, and like it's funny because like you know. There's grown-ups watching this that are like invested, like mm -hmm. they like they really hate Hogan at this time. Like it's kind of awesome, you know, mm -hmm. to be in that. Like I wish I was that, you know, yeah, like yeah. and he's right. just having so much fun, and we'll talk about it like in the match, but yeah. And before we get to the first match on both shows, the opening package for WCW was a lot cooler. It was a lot more serious, a lot more intriguing. But if you saw the crow, it was a, it was pretty much a ripoff. Never and that's it, so. so um the way it was filmed and whatnot. But I, with that said, I liked it. I loved it compared to Do you what the have WWF was doing. proof that the crow came out first. Um, 
Okay, I, have I can right I now. can um do you I have proof that call... Sting knows what the crow movie is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So all I've ever heard remember Scott did you hear the story? Just like, listen, brother. Yeah, you heard about that. Put this makeup on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chance Sting had no idea what that movie That's was absolutely. for sure. Yeah, that, when you think about it, right? And Scott Hall was like watching it one night, you know, yeah. hanging at the at the hotel room. And he's it's weird yo, he volunteered yo, that gimmick. Sting. Sting. Yo, Stinger. <laughs> Come check this out. I got your new gimmick, bro. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Top to bottom, he's got it. The rain, <laughs> everything. But cool ass video package. And WCW, Super like we cool. said, the production was very, very, very uh, levels above what the WWF was doing here. Can't believe mm-hmm. I'm saying that, but it was. And uh, so yeah. that was the opening, you know, for each show. Let's get into the opening match for <clears throat> WWF's in your house, DX pay-per-view degeneration x excuse me it was the tournament final to crown a new light heavyweight champion brian christopher versus taka michinoku and i'll just say it right off the top i don't care no spoilers this is my second favorite match of the night it's my favorite okay. hold, on. Wow. hold on wait 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 hold on out of that show or all shows out of out the of dx that, show out of the dx show okay yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Uh so that's you know that's just a little spoiler because I will say it. Um there was a lot of good athleticism. Yeah. Taka could fly. We know all this stuff and the, the heel work of Brian Christopher. Excellent. Yep. So good. Yeah, right? Yep. So good. That's what I it's thought. It's funny because back then you probably didn't appreciate it. Yeah. But because sure. of the lack of that now, yeah. Like you're like, "Oh wow, he was actually pretty good." Yeah, you know, yeah, that's my impression. Crazy. Was. Yeah. yeah, my impression of him after that match was like, why? I know we know he had issues, like personal issues, you know, yep. but it was like, this guy is so good. You know what I mean? Like, I gave <laughs> yeah. it a good, I gave that yeah. match like a pretty good rating. And I was yep. just like, I was like, man, this guy really blew it. You know what I mean? Because he could do kind yeah. of everything. And uh, I know. Yeah, it's interesting. It was a, it was an interesting, um, interesting matchup and like you know he got he got busted open like the hard way i don't know if you guys mm-hmm. go i had to rewind it a couple of times and be like where what happened exactly and then i watched it was it, the like, jump oh, yeah. out right yeah onto he the fence. The, like yeah mm. the rail or whatever it was yeah and it busted him open legit it was like oh man it added- and he turned it into something yeah, more right exactly, like he was yeah, yeah. No, yeah and, I, thought, um, I thought the match was super good i thought both you know obviously we know taka is like the shit you know like given the opportunity we know Taka could go, but then seeing Brian Christopher in there and like have a lot of moment and they had time, you know, it was like a, it's a it was a title fight, you know, on a paper. It was a good, and, yeah, yeah, good amount of time. 12 minutes and two seconds. Um, yeah. but Duke, more athletic than a lot of what was happening around them uh mm. in this on this roster, right? Like these yeah. guys were more athletic, and like I mentioned, Taka could fly. Um Jerry Sun chance, a lot of jokes oh, yeah. between Lawler and JR about him being uh Jerry Lawler being the father of Brian Christopher. <laughs> Did you guys know for a shoot that they were father son? I didn't personally until a couple of years later. So um because even when they were like when too cool was big, I was sort of mm-hmm. like, oh, they're kids. I didn't even remember them acknowledging it with, with Lawler, mm-hmm. you know, like on the air. So like watching mm-hmm. that, I was like, oh, they acknowledged it. Like Lawler played. Right. I didn't even realize it was such a thing on yeah. the air, you know, that he Me was like, denying those that, that was his son. So it was cool, interesting yeah. at least. <laughs> did you know Duke? I did, yeah. And like they would do a lot of that stuff, like on Raw and stuff. They would show their pictures side by side and stuff like it was clear Mm -hmm. that they were father and son but like Lawler you know 
doing great heel work. You know, it's like, he doesn't even look like me and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but real quick, just to set the stage for this. So it was Taka Michinoku and Brian Christopher in the finals. And I don't know if you guys know, and if the audience does it, we'll, we'll let them know right now. So this whole tournament was designed to make a, make a star out of um, the great Sasuke. Mm. He was going to be the focal point of their light heavyweight division. And Takamichinoku was brought in to get him over. Yeah. And like he got over with the fans like Taka did. More Taka so did. Than, yeah, Sasuke. I think this shows and we'll talk about the cruiserweight title match, which opened the show on Starcade. But this shows the difference of the crowds, because I think Sasuke and WCW absolutely would have worked. But here, it just, in WWF, it just didn't work, man. Yeah. And Taka was the one, and he was given the ball, and he ran with it. And it's just crazy, because he was brought in, you know, basically get this guy over, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that there was a lot of uh, contrast in the styles for a light heavyweight tournament finals to have Brian Christopher there. Like, he's not what you would think of, especially if you look at the rosters now and current sure. day. Like, he's probably not a light heavyweight, but yep. their uh, styles meshed well. I thought he was really mm -hmm. rough on Taka. Did you guys notice some of them slaps and, like, really um, laying it in on Taka yeah. uh, mm -hmm. at times? Which yeah, I did notice that, and that's why I had to rewind it when I saw him. Like, cause I, you know, I looked away for a minute, and he's all busted open, and I was like, oh <clears> shit, the Taka like give him one back, cause I did feel like right, he's right. pretty. Yeah, and I was like, I wonder if that was like a receipt, but then I looked yeah. and it's like, oh, he just busted his face, you know. So yeah, interesting note too. In the semifinals, Brian Christopher defeated one Scott Taylor. Yeah, in uh, the semifinal, <laughs> yeah. so yep. they'd be going on to obviously do some. Scott things. Taylor was in the WWF for like a couple years before that. Oh yeah, as like a job guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. on Monday Night Rawls and Scott stuff. Taylor, for those who don't know, went on to become Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty, and also in the first round, um, Takamichinoku defeated Devin Storm, aka. Oh wow! Yeah, Crowbar. Crowbar. Pretty Crowbar. funny. Dangerous Devin Storm. How about real quick? Did you guys notice Brian Christopher whipping out the um, I don't want to call it Mrs. Yes. Move, but the full Nelson face. Yep, yep, did, super yeah. cool. Crowd popped for that too. Mm -hmm. Popped for that. And the rocker dropper pulled one of those out. Yep, yeah, like, very nice. Um, he and was it was solid, mostly... dude. He was, yeah. he was, a, he was solid. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it's funny because like back then he's looked at as like a smaller guy, but like you mentioned, like yeah. two, like. Back then, the light heavyweight cutoff was 230 pounds. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's like an average dude now. Totally there was know? even like, a comment on like on from commentary. I think it was King goes like, "Look how small he is. Like, how much do you think he weighs?" And Jr. goes, "I don't know, probably 220." And I was like, "Damn, 220." I was like, "Yeah, right. That's more than me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, that's more. Than that's me. more than like no shit. That's probably more or as much as AW like half their roster i bet yeah 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 oh, you know yeah. like it's, he's, it's yeah put him next insane. to adam cole they're probably similar. yeah he's like uh, i don't think taco weighs 220 though like if i'm looking at him in like that match yeah. you know oh you're like, talking about taco yeah that's what he know. said yeah that's what he said and i was like, i don't know taco's 220 but you know it was like yeah he didn't look it to me either even but. though they still were thinking these guys were over 200 pounds you know so like yeah. they were mm -hmm. the smallest guys you know they had going it's funny how like that's why again i love revisiting these and seeing how the business has changed in the past you know 20 25 30 years you know well you mentioned 25 right yeah 25 yeah. so mm -hmm. like 25 it's crazy like just 
to see the size difference and the styles and et cetera. But I remember watching uh, a lot of the shotgun Saturday nights and I liked too much. Remember before yeah. they became too yep. cool. Yeah, like yeah. I did like Brian Christopher for a yeah. minute. Like I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a big, huge fan, but this match mm-hmm. definitely was making me like this dude was actually way better than I remember, you know, mm-hmm. when he got a chance to work and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Before the crate, like goofy shit kicked in. Right. Because they, they were, were kind of goofy as too yeah. much. Sorry, Frank. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They no, would man. they would like jump on the ropes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, but then but it heels. just got yeah. Then it just got to be like they got like so even when they were too cool, like they got annoying eventually. But I used I remember being in school saying like Grandmaster Sexy is the best <laughs> in the group. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. funny to think you know. It's just Brian. How much he became such a like character though, right? Yep. Like, um, yeah, and like he had know, the laugh here and all, like he was doing yep. heelish comedy stuff. Yeah, but and once you get over like that, like you don't have to work anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like they exactly. didn't have to wrestle anymore, you know. So, like Scott Taylor, I mean, geez, like that dude could work for sure, yeah. you know. But yeah. like he didn't have to. People wanted to see him do the worm, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, like right. honestly, that's what they were there for. So. When I would yeah. go to those early, early NXT shows at Full Sail, because I was in Full Sail when they started, Scotty Too Hotty was there. He got a big ass pop. <laughs> yeah, know, I remember I have on my Facebook a picture. Yeah, it was on my Facebook. There's a picture of Scotty Too Hotty at Full Sail because he looked like, good hey, too. Yeah, it was those early at that shows. Time, yeah. yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, um, really quick. So Lawler came to console Brian Christopher in the middle of this match at one point, sort of adding more fuel to the like, <laughs> is he his son <clears throat> stuff, but um. Taka got the win. It was sort of like Taka was fighting under from underneath the whole match and mm. then whipped out the Michinoku driver towards the end mm-hmm. in like a really um sort of hard fought, hard fought battle for Taka. And like mm-hmm. he ended up getting the win 1202. He's the inaugural WWF light heavyweight champion. And what really helped is this post-match prestige. You got Briscoe, Super Patterson, cool, yeah. Tony Gurria coming out, presenting yep. the title. Yep. You know, and it really just Man, it's wild how they started this show to think yeah, how yeah. or it got after this because mm-hmm. um, I really did enjoy this match. Um, I gave it a 5.1 out of 10, you know, for what that's worth. Um, considering, like, you know, it was 12 minutes. It was uh, pretty high stakes, but I thought it was very enjoyable. What you guys think of this match, like, overall? I gave so this is my highest rated match on the cards. A spoiler, but it only goes downhill <laughs> from here for me. Um, but I gave it three stars. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of the match. I thought it was like a good old match. I thought it was like above average, you know. Um, yeah, I just thought it was real good. I, I enjoyed seeing Brian Christopher, like we said, all his heel work, him getting busted open. I thought that was it was like he was way better than like I remembered um taka i've always enjoyed taka so just seeing him in an actual solid match for a title that's always cool i think he's i think taka's underrated like you know historically um Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. overall i thought it was i thought it was a fun match even between the two cards i'm looking at my grades between the two cards it's up there you know like that grade is like in the Mm -hmm. top i think three matches i have on the whole event you know so it's interesting you know how i how enjoyable it was to me duke what do you think overall of this match yeah, um, this was my let's see, this was my third highest rated match on the card. Okay. So I do a five star system, um, and I gave it a two point seven five because I felt like it was slightly above average. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was a nice little match. It kept my attention. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was a nice little opener. I thought. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And just a little nugget. I was looking this up and uh, so Taka was trained by the great Sasuke. So, oh, wow. Oh, nice. It's interesting. I guess it's you said he kind of stole his spot. Yeah, I mean, but lesson, man, you know, get over. Right. That's what they said. How cool would it have been to see like Sasuke to have an actual run somewhere, though, like in the States, you know, like, dude, don't you think he could have been successful in WCW? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I mean, you know, doesn't that seem more like his style? Mm-hmm. yeah but i guess yeah, that promotion was working with wwf at that time makes sense yeah makes sense. michinoku yeah. pro or whatever yeah very fun opening <clears throat> sh- uh match to a show that um you wouldn't know that they were having like this prestigious kind of uh title presentation on a show like this because the rest of it was like such a trashy presentation yeah. but um so that was right there on the Degeneration X pay-per-view. Over on the other side at Starcade 97, they opened with arguably one of the best matches we've watched and reviewed here, in my opinion, because it was Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero Cruiserweight Championship. Mm-hmm. So crisp, so stiff. Right away, you hear and see like a contrast in the WWS product with WCWs because even though I did like that match with Brian Christopher and Taka, <clears throat> the whole commentary was like jokes, you know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. kid. it was like, the, and on this one on the Starcade, this is a dead serious battle between these two athletes. And um, what do you guys think before we get into the details of some of this chain wrestling and test of strengths and back and forth action? Would you think <clears throat> looking well, at, see- uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, to your point, like as far as like the jokes and stuff like that, WCW at this time still presented their product as a sport. Mm-hmm. You know, like how many times did you hear sport on in your house? DX is mm-hmm. probably never right. Like, yeah. right. I mean, Tony Schiavone probably said it once a match in this great sport or in this yeah, sport, yeah, yeah. you know, like so true. This was presented as like a an athletic competition, you know, and uh this also shows the just it's apples and oranges, the cruiserweight division to the light heavyweight division, because the cruiserweight division, you know, that opens the match, by the way, this is your opening match for Starcade, And you could fault WCW for not using these guys, you know, at a higher level. But I mean, it's it's Eddie Guerrero defending the cruiserweight title against Dean Malenko, like. Mm-hmm two of the all-time greats inside, you know, mm-hmm. the squared circle. And, like, what a treat, you know, to start <laughs> off, you know. Like what a treat. Pite sides, Dean Malenko, <laughs> as Brett calls him, taking on, <laughs> I mean, arguably the greatest in-ring performer of all time, you know, so. Man, Frank, what did you think – Obviously, get in some details if you want, but I wanted to mention Malenko being so crisp and so stiff, like it's like his uh, Alabama slam at one point, mm-hmm. and like some of the power bombs Eddie's head was bouncing, like just the intent he was laying some of this stuff in with. That's how I feel like Malenko was with everybody. That's why it's like whenever there's a Malenko match, it's like I sit there and I actually like watch the whole shit because he's so on point. You know, like you look at the guy and when you watch his matches, you go like. I actually have these thoughts. I'm like, is this the best wrestler? You know what I mean? Like, is this guy the best wrestler that ever did this? Because like, I, I, you mm-hmm. watch him with everybody, and you're like, 
everything is perfect. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everything is perfect. I know we argue, Brett, and I'll Eddie, I'll, I'll throw in Eddie sometimes, like for an argument oh, as a total yeah. perk package. But like as just a wrestler, Dean Dino over he was like he was tough like to to top, you know. And like even with Eddie in there, sometimes Dean looked crisper, you know. And it's just like it's kind of it's crazy to think, you know, whether like whatever guy he was with, whether it be Eddie Jericho Ray Ray. Dean Malenko always looked like a million bucks. And then for a guy who just looked like he'd be your neighbor or something too, it was, it was interesting. It also probably is what held him back from being like a superstar. But uh, I, I think, I think this match is a lot of fun. Again, it was like an opener. Like I think on both of these shows, like the openers stole the show both times. They happen to be cruiserweights or light heavyweights, whatever you're calling them. They, you give these guys a match. If they're two guys who are at least talented enough, if they're going to deliver, which was always the case in WCW's cruiserweight division, usually, unless it was like fucking Alex Ryder versus Disco or something, you know, like, you know, you were going to get something good. And like this match didn't disappoint. I thought it was very good. Yeah, very good. And to your point with the execution of Malenko, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it is the size that probably would hold him back. Even me, I'm sometimes like, all right, this guy's too small. Keeping him in that division, I guess, helped. But mm. I've seen him in U.S. title matches. He can work with anyone. Yeah. Uh, dude, dude, he was so – I just couldn't believe the – like, they didn't mess up one time, if you want to call it mess ups. Or they didn't – they were never out of position. It must be just how much, how well they know each other. But, dude, mm-hmm. at one point, Eddie Guerrero kissed Dean Malenko's uh, – Oh, foot, that was so good, for mercy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was, was so like, good. Eddie's the uh, man. Also, like as far as Dean being stiff and stuff like that, I think that was just how those guys rolled. Like, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Eddie was stiff as hell too. Like, Eddie used to power bomb Ray. Like, I thought he oh my broke God, him. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, for yeah. sure. So, and Eddie actually, like Dean, gives him the Alabama slam. He power bombs him, but Eddie power bombs the shit out of Malenko in this match too. I think oh, yeah. that was just like their understanding, like Benoit. Jericho, Eddie, Dean, they're like, we're going to work snug, man. Like that's, mm-hmm. and we're going to steal the fucking show. And they totally they did. Arguably did, you know, so. Belly to back. I love the match. Boxes. Like, sorry. Yeah. Not to, you know, jump ahead or anything as far as ratings or anything, but like, honestly, it sounds corny and cliche, but like anytime I get a chance to watch Eddie Guerrero, it's a privilege. It mm-hmm. really is like he, and it's funny because like, People will talk about like the high flying now and like blah, blah, blah. And like this has high flying, too, but they're telling a story. Yeah. And like it's presented as a sport. And like, you know, like you said, Eddie bending down and kissing his foot, you know, begging forgiveness, you know, acting tough, then running to the ropes. Just like Mm -hmm. so good, man. Mm -hmm. You know, like both of these guys, I mean, not taking anything away from Dean, you know, as an in-ring competitor technical wrestler but eddie just the whole package man just like sucks you in you know like i love the match and like i said about you know these shows it's awesome because like when would i put on starcade 97 again right who knows and i got to see a great one with two Mm -hmm. of the all-time great technicians in my opinion so it was a lot of fun so much fun like i was mentioning belly to back suplexes regular suplexes everything perfectly executed uh even at one point it was like an almost victory roll that ended in dean just falling back and eddie hitting hard again like super duper crisp i can't overstate it and there um, was one though you said like how 
everything was perfect. They they had one little mishap on the top rope. Uh, it looked like Dean was going to give them the big gut buster. Yes, from the top, and they just but they played it off, slipped. right? They yeah. Slipped, yeah, for sure. Like, and well, the crowd like wasn't you know haters, jerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, but you right, fucked right. up. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, right, right, right. Make it about me. Yeah, but yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I I was looking forward to that spot. I was like, oh shit, because I yeah, love yeah. that move. I love when Dean does the big. For sure. Overhead gut buster. And I was like, ah, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. He, yeah. He's killed Ray with that and other guys for sure. Yep. But there was, like you said, to really quick to your point, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with our ratings with this match. But telling the story, it's like this match should be studied, I think. Like, because we talked about Eddie versus Ray, which is the top notch at the top notch, but it's a different pace. And you mm -hmm. got more of a, like a high flying element, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But these guys, like, I think this thing should be studied for guys now who like this, you know, like mm -hmm. want to work snug and whatnot, because they did tell a story like Eddie um, working on Dean's knee mm -hmm. uh, between the steps outside. This all came back to play in at the end of the match um, as like, you know, I, I think at one point he was going for the clover leaf and, and Dean's knee gave out or whatever it was. They were working. Even, the knee and, and like even the ending of the match, it was he frog splashed his knee. Mm -hmm. right that's drop kick you know the knee first like, yeah exactly from, uh, like which from is the crazy. top rope yeah like who the hell did you see drops kicks a knee from the top rope right and like i i love that detail too it's obviously the ending but like you didn't eddie doesn't need to frog splash his knee right like his frog yep. splash was his finish he could have yep. landed right. that shit on, on him normal and it would have yep. been accepted but he did it on the knee to just yep. add extra emphasis you know yep. and i thought that was very cool yeah yeah man very, yeah. it's I, and and like Eddie showing once again, because you mentioned Ray and how that is such a fast paced, you know, um, high flying masterpiece showing that he can do whatever, whatever anybody. OK, you want to slow down? Right, I'll slow down. Right, right. I'll mm -hmm. tell a story. I'll tell a story. You know, just. Just awesome, man. Like it really is a shame because like that dude. We got robbed of a lot with Eddie, man, mm -hmm. you know, like. Could have had some bangers with a lot of these dudes. Yeah, I want to get to that later on when we're uh, talking about one of these matches specifically about like um, maybe placement on the card. But I want to just say, uh, yeah, this was a clinic. I feel like crazy to think this was just an opener on a on a on a show. We talked about recently like our favorite matches, or we talked about um, the cruiserweights, and we did mention mm -hmm. this show in passing on the cruiserweights episode. But this match, like watching it with a fresh pair of eyes, I think. Uh, this match needs to be talked about more because yeah. it's that it's that damn good. Mm. Like, I, I don't know if it was, um, you know, this obvious to to you guys, like before you watched it, that this was this good. But it wasn't to me when I rewatched it. I was like, wow. And these guys always had great chemistry, you know, like even, you know, if, from ECW, you know, that was basically what right, got right, them right. signed by yeah. WCW, you know, like, um. So, yeah, I mean, any chance you get to watch either of these guys, I would absolutely recommend it. And, like, I had this match bookmarked in my brain as, like, one of the Eddie Guerrero matches in WCW, mm -hmm. like, that I think about. But even watching it again, I'm just like, man, these guys are so good. It made yep. me appreciate Malenko even more. And I always appreciate Malenko, you know? But, like, it made me go, yeah. like, God damn, this dude is so good, you know? I'm Real crazy. quick about the Malenko. I don't know if you guys ever heard this because – you know, we start to watch these shows and then we go down these rabbit holes and I watched, um, you know, In Your House DX and we're going to talk about the next match or mm -hmm. the fourth match of this featuring uh, 
the road dog, but I was just like, oh, I wonder what the road dog's up to. And I just kind of went into a road dog rabbit hole of all mm-hmm. things. And I watched an interview with him and the guy interviewing him asked him, who's the funniest guy in the locker room? And the answer was Brad Armstrong. That was his first answer, which is his brother. Yeah. Which surprisingly, a lot of people actually said. Right, number right. two was Dean Malenko. Oh, funny. <laughs> which who would have. It's probably one of those like you don't expect it. But then when yeah. you're around them, you're like, oh, look at this guy. The Iceman is actually funny. Yep. They said. Yeah. He, and the guy that was interviewing Road Dog said like a lot of people say Dean Malenko. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Jim Ross like, has we, said that, too. We hear like Owen Hart a lot and you can see it from Owen because he was like silly out there, you know, but mm-hmm. like Malenko was all business all the time. So I just thought that was funny. Yeah, that is funny. That is funny. Um, So for me, 8.8 out of 10. Oh, wow. holy loved holy. it. I yeah. thought this was so good. Uh, I think it should be studied. I wasn't just saying that. This so is going to be in your uh, all-time top 10, I think. 8.8. I know. That's up there. Holy crap. crap. I mean, look, you know, I had the, the, the HBK Undertaker. Of course, I enjoyed Eddie Ray. But as far as these reviews that we've been doing, this this yeah, match no. was it's so true. good, man. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think overall? I thought it was, you know, we're not far off, but you gave a higher grade than me on average because I do five, five stars. I gave it four out of five stars. I thought it was super good. Um not quite like tippy top of like my what I think is like the, the best of Eddie or maybe even Dean, but I'd be so close, mm. you know, and okay. it's like um, so close. Yeah, four out of five. It's my nice. highest rated of both shows. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers here. What you have, Duke? I also do the five star rating and I gave this one a four out of five stars. Okay. super enjoyable like i said like any chance i get to watch these dudes i'm in um i also you know we're comparing the shows and like it just showed how wcw's cruiserweight division was just so so far ahead of the light Mm -hmm. heavyweight division so not even close it was 14 minutes and 50 seconds eddie guerrero obviously did get the win uh retained the cruiserweight title so that was the opener uh, and Star K97, and right after Scott Hall came out, sort of unannounced, cut a promo, <laughs> oozing coolness, uh, did a survey. We were all here, but uh, I feel like the giant so giant came out and sort of threw a whole uh monkey wrench in Scott Hall's coolness because <laughs> he came out and uh, he did throw Scott Hall around like a child, that was impressive, but. It was this, uh, whole show, like, this whole show made Scott Hall look like a, a jabroni, you know, which is yeah. like for as big of a name as he was, especially at the time, it's kind of like funny to look on the show. Cause I'm like, this is one of your top guys. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's involved he, in two segments where he looks like a he, goof. he went back to his hotel and laid on yeah. that mountain of money. That, <laughs> exactly, that yeah. That's what I like I, about Scott Hall that. Yeah. He was given. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not a mark for himself. Nope. You know, nope. he was just like, whatever, you know, I'm going to get yep. embarrassed by everybody and yep. begging and, and he's six, six. Yeah. Two sixty or whatever the fuck. Yep. He right. right. And you know? like, it's like, he's real, not a small guy real quick though. That was impressive by the giant to pick him up like oh, that. Yeah. Like that. I mean, he looked like a kid, man, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like, it's funny though, the giant comes out and tries to be cool and he's just not. Yeah, he's a right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's just right. like, I'm a patient man. It's like, 
be a beast, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you're not mm-hmm. smart. You're not you know funny or charismatic. Right. Like, and he sounds like a dope. You know, yeah. so it's sort of like sure. just don't don't try to like drop knowledge. Just come out there and do yeah. big giant man. Exactly. Stuff. Give him a, but one thing that I love about Scott Hall, and he's actually talked about this, and I'm sure you guys have heard him say this, but when he gets a finisher, he's dead for five yep. minutes in the ring and like scott hall i'm sorry the giant power bombs him not chokeslam power bombs him to send big sexy a message and he just is dead for five minutes mm-hmm. he's he's getting helped out by yeah, the yeah. time the yep. next match you know like once again scott hall it was a fun little segment because um when when giant grabbed his neck scott hall's neck he's like shaking in his boots yep. and like yep. like you said frank like he's selling it like a yeah, like he's giving, and you said it mm-hmm. too, like Duke. Yeah, uh, very giving. It was a fun little segment. So I mean, and I just wanted to throw so that in what there. happened was like Kevin Nash was scheduled to face the Giant at Starcade, like that was going to happen, and Nash actually had heart issues at this mm. time. He had like heart complications, and he was in the hospital. They thought he had a heart attack. Jeez, but uh, wow. it just was That's something a... mild, but enough to keep yeah, him out of the match. Yeah, so yeah. like it was a shoot. Like he was supposed to face the giant at starcade so wow because i think they they worded it as like a no show or something storyline wise so yeah that's interesting wow um so yeah before we get to starcade's next match let's talk about over at the degeneration x pay-per-view because their second match was a tag team or six six man tag team match the this is my equals. second my second highest rated of the number. I'm kidding. Oh okay. my god. I was <laughs> gonna be like I was gonna be like, I'm tapping. I was gonna out be like, here, man, brother. this dude's a mark for Savio. He wasn't even in the match. Man, out here, brother. So <laughs> Los Pariquas versus DOA, Disciples of Five Savio's out rapping, sort of. I guess if we could call it whatever whatever he was doing. Yo. What was that? Well, I, I don't know what they were having them do. Oh, Frank, what were god. they having them do? I don't know, man. That's that reeked of like a Vince McMahon not understanding oh God, like dude. anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not understanding like Puerto Rican guys. Right, right, right. You know, like I, it was just like, or not even so much Puerto Rican guys. Maybe think having an idea of what Puerto Rican guys are and not realizing he has like a bunch of 45-year-old exactly. Puerto Rican dads. Yeah. Like, he, it's like, these yeah, aren't like right, exactly. He's yeah. dressing them, mm-hmm. you know, like gang members. Yeah, yeah. These guys are like fathers, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. look at them. The dudes have mullets, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. what are you doing, man? Yeah, like, Jose it was Estrada. It was cringy, like immediately. Like yeah, no, the, right, sure. the, immediately. You know, like the entrance. And that's not their fault because those yeah. guys are solid wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm. but fucking vince is like oh well they're spanish let's you know let's dress them <laughs> yeah. up you know like yeah, march them out there of course of course it's jose estrada miguel perez and jesus castillo mm-hmm. versus skull eight ball and chains so savio's not even in the match but he comes out does the, the rapping in the beginning if you want to call it that great, and a lot of people they were both visible. they were all rapping right yeah they yeah. all had <laughs> you guys have to watch this if you haven't if you please please go <laughs> please go back I don't know if you have to watch entrance. it. But... And, no, you have to see it. It's like, all right, yeah, too. you should watch But it. just skip the match because it's awful. But watch mm-hmm. the little entrance. Dude, a lot of people were visibly getting up out of their seats for like a pee break or concessions break <laughs> before the match even began. I'm going to go grab a DX shirt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, 
that was always the thing with like this right and, and it's funny because when i think of both of these groups i just think of this fucking rivalry you know yeah, like, i don't mm-hmm. know about you guys but like i only think of like this gang warfare i shit. actually really oh. dislike this whole thing mm-hmm. yeah, because true. it was like it's kind of it like felt, racist it's absolutely racist yeah you know and what i mean it's, it's like, like if a you white like, gang a black like, gang yeah and if i like like i liked um brian lee Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, do I? I'm gonna cheer for the white guys, of course, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's like I felt wrong. Like, yeah, I you're cheering wanna... for like the skinhead dudes. Yeah, and they're skinhead wanna... bikers. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, I didn't want any parts of this. Like, it yeah. always made me feel weird. Like... Yeah, the undertones were there. Like, there's no yeah, doubt. Like, definitely. I liked, yeah, definitely. I liked the Nation of Domination because yeah. I just thought they were cool. And then they were, you know, Vince is like, oh well, let's have a white group and let's have a Spanish group. You know, like, yeah. Or I Vince Russo. You don't know which Vince really. Yeah, whoever, yeah, you know, honestly, yeah. it was a bad call. Because like, there are I... some Vince Russo isms on this show that we're gonna have to break down. I know for one I, that he's confirmed. Well, here's the idea. thing, though. Here's the thing. If Vince McMahon wants to take the credit, he mm-hmm. has to take the criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. And Vince, no, no. Vince always had final say, right? That's what they say. Mm-hmm. I'm right. not here to blast Vince. Yeah. I have love for Vince, but like, come on. Yeah. Because this whole gang warfare shit, I'm with you guys. Like, I hated yeah. all this stuff. This match for specifically, big, slow, mostly forgettable. Crowd was mildly into it with a shave your back chant at uh, Miguel. <laughs> Miguel Perez, <laughs> That's about yeah. the most you get. But if you're a fan of guys wrestling in non-wrestling attire, this match was for you. You got it's jeans for, you. for everyone. You got it. Some baggy, jeans, some cargo skin jeans, tight. some skin tight, skinny jeans. Leather vests. Got some vests on. That's your thing. You know, yeah, we got it all. Or also known as modern day wrestling attire. Yes. (laughs) You know, nobody fucking wears real gear anymore. So that's it for that match. No, I want to, I want to say something. I'm joking. I'm joking. These Boricuas, right? Like I want to, I want to like them. Yeah. You know, I do. I want to be like, I want to get by. They're called the fucking Boricuas. You know what I mean? Like you're never going to really see something like that again. (laughs) But It's brutal. The presentation of these guys is brutal, you know, and like, what did they need? What were they missing? What do you think it was? Uh, 20 years. Yeah. I I just, I just think they were like old guys, especially like, you know, like I don't even hate on Miguel uh, Perez. Cause I think, I think he's all right. I mean, he's just a hairy dude in in a in the wrong time, you know, like all these guys were the wrong time. And to be fair at this point, and like he had a good career, you know, in like WWC and stuff. It's like, I won, I gave these guys half a star, on their grade just because i'm like i gotta <laughs> show you some love but yeah it's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah it's you know it's brutal you know seeing yeah. the guys like i wish every time i watch him i go you know what let me fucking pay attention more to this these guys mm-hmm. can't be that brutal and just like no, just roll my surprise. eyes yeah <laughs> seven minutes 58 seconds well you good do. for Give you all your attention you know you know mm-hmm. there was a um an angle if we can call it that in the middle of this match which is the only reason this got points for me is for there's a little fake injury angle in the middle of it where i think it's miguel that uh he's kind of out of the ring savio comes out and tries to take his place but distracting referee tim white mm-hmm. anyway crowd was so- somewhat behind doa but at the end of the day miguel came back in cheap shot at brian lee revealed he was faking the injury all along yeah i thought blah, you got blah, hurt blah. i thought it, i was hurt I was, yeah. like, did he get, I was like did he get hurt yeah like, oh no so you know what a little a, mild a mild mild uh. creativity uh so the so the barricas got the win the win there 1.2 out of 10 for me holy smokes nothing much to uh just nothing yeah. to see here i guess nothing not. to see here fellas unless like you said roadkill what do you got well, we reading. know Frank's going to crown it, so let's go to me first. I <laughs> okay. gave this one a solid one out of five stars. 
Okay. Okay. Like I said, I'm not going to disrespect them and give them like a 0.25 because like yeah, these yeah. guys are putting their lives legit on the line. Mm-hmm. This shit's just not for me. I never liked. <laughs> I never liked the gang warfare stuff, man. It's yeah. it's weird to me. Like mm-hmm. that shit's. Yeah, I hear what you. You know, like yeah, it makes you feel dirty. You. Like I'm not into it. That yeah. racism bullshit. So that's so, not for me. That being said. I gave it a higher score than all of you on average, but I gave it a 1.5 out of five. So that yeah, 0.5 I mean, that solid. I generously gave the Boricuas just for being there that's is it. the only reason it's a higher grade than Dukes. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, and yeah. I will say this to be positive. This is this is a DOA's best match. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. right. It might be. And it didn't even involve thought- Crush. I always thought yeah. Brian Lee was cool, man. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was like a junkie or a, yeah, a fucking like idiot or yeah. what, but I always thought he was like solid in the ring, like could move for a big dude. You know, yeah. he had a good look, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the best out of the bunch for me, uh, other yeah. than Crush, you know. But yep. so that was that. We went into a Butterbean promo with Doc Hendricks after this. Oof. And this is, dude, this is one night after the De La Hoya fight, apparently, on pay per view. Oh, wow. That Butterbean was on. So oh, he that's was on. Right. Yeah. Which yep. is so interesting to even. I think remember thinking, guy. like, yeah, I remember thinking, like, this shows how fake wrestling is. Cause yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. What fighter would fight two days in a row, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to see how. Also, fake, I thought Butterbean was funny. Is. I thought yeah. Butterbean was funny with his back to the fucking camera for like half the promo. And then like he stuttered a line. You see him just like look at like trying to get bailed out for it. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. Butterbean, this, this ain't your game. No, it's so brutal. And then uh, we also went to a Mark Marrow prom, uh, interview and Mark Marrow doing the boxing gimmick. Sable, clearly the star, right? Yeah, Even just looking at looking at them next to each other. But what do you guys think really quick? Because that, that was the next match we'll get into momentarily. But Sable um, being with Mero, him like doing the sort of the savage macho man gimmick, mm-hmm. bossing her around. But Mero as a worker with the gimmick and Butterbean mainstream appeal. Like, did this match in 97 work for you guys then? Now? Mm-hmm. What do you think? In, in 97, dude, I was a full on and still to this day, Sable Mark, you know? So, like, okay. Mark Mero was just a vessel for me to get my sable fix you know mm-hmm. so like everything he did i was like fuck off we're mm-hmm. sable you know like i was i was one of those people you know i'm 10 11 years old yeah mm-hmm. so like sable was like the hottest person on earth to me you know mm-hmm. so it was just i didn't i didn't care about anything mark Merrow did watching this back though well since we're not gonna talk about the match but like i do think Mero had moments like character work or whatever that mm-hmm. were like okay and obviously he's an athletic guy but you know, I just was yeah. not a Mark Merrow guy in general. Yeah, Duke, what did you think of this incarnation? Because you were a Johnny B. Bad fan, weren't you? A huge fan. I have a actually a Johnny B. Bad tattoo. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I do think that Mark Merrow could work. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was, you know, a solid hand, as they say. Um, unfortunately, he blew his knee out and he couldn't do the shit that he used to do. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, you're a former right. Golden Glove guy. So here, do that. Yeah. Vince doing his thing where, you know, he takes the littlest thing and shines yeah. it up. It just didn't work, you know. To his yeah. credit, though, I think Mero knew that Sable was the star. Yeah. And he would, you know, be like, you know, I didn't tell you to talk and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically being Macho Man. But um, yeah. 
I mean, Christ, they called him Wild Man Mark Merrow initially. Mm. Like, it was absolutely a ripoff of Macho Man and Liz. So, mm, um, yeah, the boxing thing didn't work for me. Like, I understand, like, he's a former Golden Glove dude, but, like, I want to watch yeah. wrestling. If I want to watch boxing, I'll watch real boxing, and I'll watch, you know, talented boxers. <laughs> right. Like Butterbean. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, King of, what, King we'll of the shift... four-rounders. There he is. Well, we're we're going to shift back to the DX pay-per-view to cover that match in a minute. But let's talk about the other six, man. <clears throat> it's weird. Like I said at the top of the show, a lot of a lot of compare like, um, I guess, similarities in the formats yeah. and stuff like that. We had an opening cruiserweight. Now we have six man tags. And this one was the NWO. So you had Vincent Scott Norton. And for that, for a minute, that was all that was out there for the NWO. They were taking scheduled the to be scheduled to be Conan scheduled to be Conan, yep. but he was not there. So they were taking on the Steiners and Ray trailer, formerly big boss man. And mm-hmm. they were with Ted DiBiase here looking completely out of place. So weird, uh, man. And uh, eventually before the match began, we had the macho man come out and join team NWO with Vincent and Scott Norton. And, I'll just say like the stacked roster is just insane. When you see like one guy after another come out, you got the Steiners, you got mm-hmm. former boss, man, you got macho man, DiBiase. So, you know, this was cool because there was WCW guys in the uh, audience. One yeah. was Ray Mysterio and uh Mach took a little shot at him on the way to the yep. ring. I know. Yeah, that was cool. Pretty funny. Yep. Uh, he actually talk- flinched too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Also, Liz was ringside uh, with with Mach, looking like one million dollars. Can we talk about because Scott Steiner and Macho Man started this match out, which in some ways was like not a dream match, but like when you look back on it in these yeah. this era, like it's cool to see them mix it up. You know, um, can mm-hmm. we talk about Scott Steiner's fucking physique? Because this dude is a monster, man. Dude, all the gas. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because I, you know, like we talked about at the start, like you forget stuff and, you you know, it's been so long. Like, I don't I'm sure I've watched this since 1997, but it's not like one of my yearly viewings or anything. Yeah. And I actually forgot like that Macho Man was their partner. Mm -hmm. So it's just the two guys at first. I'm like, oh, shit, is this going to be like a handicap or you know, to someone else's buff coming out or something. And then Macho Man came out and I like popped. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, me too. Oh, shit. And uh, yeah, like you said, he comes out and like, dude, honestly, like as soon as he comes out, the match gets cool. Yeah. Like and he's like, I'm totally focused on him. He's easily the biggest star in the ring, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned the Scotty Steiner thing because I was like, oh, shit, we're going to get Macho Man and Scott. And like that's mm-hmm. what we got from the gate, and I was like mm-hmm. all in, dude. I really and we got a lot match. of we got a lot of Scott. Not you enjoyed this shit. match, you said. I did, Duke? I oh, did, yeah, I did too. Uh, I, believe it or not, I'll, well, I'll you, you, be the least, you know. Oh, okay. Favorable of this match, but uh, okay. Because like well, what you guys said, Scott Norton. I mean Scott mm-hmm. Norton, Scott Steiner mm-hmm. and Mach, mm-hmm. all good. I'm like sick. Yep. This is what I'm here yeah. for. Everybody else. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not Rick, not maybe not Rick, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else. I it just was not doing it, especially Vincent. You know, <laughs> and, and I was a big hater of Ray Trailer at this time too. Mm-hmm. I like, I just did not like the whole presentation of every time he was in a match. I was like, bro, I do not care about you. Ray, you know? who? 
Yeah. He just looked like a regular ass dude. Yep. He would wear those um those like sleeveless shirts, you know, and I'm like, yeah, what are you, doing? you look yeah. like you're not like a body guy in any way. And sometimes yeah, yeah. that could work for guys who look tough, but he also doesn't mm-hmm. look tough. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm looking at it from like Ray trailer is all I know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know oh, the big wow. boss man at this mm-hmm. time, you know, like I don't yep. know big boss man. So I'm like, who's this? Why is this guy? Like, who's this guy? He's big, but That's like, so why interesting. Is he, you know, like, in it? so like guys like him, then Vincent just, I remember Vincent not being as brutal as he was like in this match, you know, like mm. everything, you know, he's in there. He obviously his role is very defined, right? You just go in, you get the shit beat out of you. For, and so nobody else in the NW really has to, but like, it, it was just like, dude, this is embarrassing. I'm watching it and I'm watching the Steiners outside. And I'm like, they have to be looking at this guy. Like why? Like, why is this guy in this match? You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking that way, obviously we mm-hmm. know why, but uh, you know, Vince. No, dude, you're you're spot on though with with Ray Trailer, like minus the boss man gimmick is beyond generic and mm-hmm. it's just a shame. But um his gear didn't help, and you're right oh, about yeah. that. Vincent's gear didn't help for, for <laughs> you know, while we're on the subject. But did you guys notice um Rick and Scott like being extra stiff with Vincent? Dude, oh, I yeah. was about to ask you guys if you mm-hmm. noticed that because no, like sure. I actually felt bad for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what were they like, doing? Like I was to him, like, man? what is happening, dude? Yeah. Like, is is he really like like is he this jerk off backstage that like you I mean, and listen, the Steiners were only always stiff. Always I mean, stiff, yeah. You watch their extra, matches though. for sure. But like they would kill jobbers. Like mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they yeah, lasted true. in the WWF as long as they did for beating yeah. the shit out of those guys, you know. Mm-hmm. But I did, man. I felt like they were very tough on him. Rick took it a little easier on him. Like he kind of like just put him in a headlock and put him down. But yeah, like, but a Scott stiff headlock. Beat, but yeah, Scott beat the shit out of him, man. <laughs> like for real, I actually felt bad for him. I'm dude. glad you caught that because I was yeah. wondering that. Like, damn, man. And uh, Scott Norton. Speaking of Scott Norton, um, in this match, built like a. a a refrigerator basically it's just a oh, big yeah. such a square, oddly shaped man yeah <laughs> yeah because he's um, solid he was, too you know yeah. he's so yeah. solid but you're just like what how are you solid like completely like top to bottom is weird <laughs> right mm-hmm. very very strange but um i i like he looks like so... he swallowed grimace <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but there was um there was stuff in this match like an assisted uh top rope ddt and then a top rope frankensteiner that by the steiners just very innovative, but doing their thing. I mean, the Steiners mm-hmm. were. That's why they're yeah, one of my Steiners favorite tag teams. the Steiners actually, they used that as their finisher at that time. Yeah, yeah. They used that because they would do it like they were going to do the Doomsday device. So Rick would mm-hmm. hold him. Right. And then he would turn around, like, and mm-hmm. Scott would fucking DDT him like yeah. a maniac. Very, very cool move. But um, I feel like, so we watch the Trios Championship matches now. We watch these Trios matches every week. And they're always like entertaining. We get good stuff. But this was a st- like a match where you didn't have to do like, I guess, 150 things per second. If I, I like don't have this match five stars or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I feel like it was fun enough. And um, I don't know. We'll get to the ratings in a minute. But two quick things. Did you guys find it weird or at least you Duke, like Vincent and DiBiase being in the same? Oh, no, I did. Area. Yeah. Not even interacting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It totally like avoiding. If you each watch other, DiBiase, though, yeah, yeah. he is looking at him mm-hmm, like with a yeah. scowl on his mm-hmm. face from the outside, oh, okay. of course, because, you know, of course he is because. Yeah. Yeah. DiBiase's an all time great. You know, so I yeah. did. 
I was looking for that, you know? Mm, yeah, me too. And and DiBiase was kind of like giving them like the mean mug, you know? I just found yeah. it interesting to see both of those guys like in a big match. I mean, this is Starcade, right? Like in a big match and not really interact with each other like at all. Like I always yeah. think of them as a, like a, a attached in some way, you know? And you see them both come out and you go, okay, they're opposite teams. Let's see mm-hmm. how this will go. And it really doesn't, you know? It doesn't do and anything. it also, it crossed my mind too. Like they're all former WWF guys except for Norton. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah it was interesting like to see like you know virgil with the macho man mm-hmm. who you know mm-hmm. they had they were opposites many times you know right it was just taking on the big boss man and the steiner brothers which didn't vincent, make sense by the way vincent put some respect right. on his name yeah 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 but i'm because just macho... saying like if you put <laughs> yeah. it in the wwf lens you know like mm-hmm. Wait, Macho Man mm-hmm. and Vir- Virgil against the big boss man and the Steiners? Like, what? Right. You know, like, right. I With just that DiBiase that on the outside. And yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you were to, you know, fast forward 10 years and be like, what the hell is this? You know, like, well, that's why I said that. um, the star for star power alone. I actually enjoyed these guys mixing it up. Some of these guys, yeah. I thought and it was a also, fun six man. Yeah, like I like those weird like six men. I used to love like it's dumb. Probably no one else likes these, but like the eight man tags when it was like the uh, like when the um, alliance was there and stuff, you would just have these weird tag. Like it would be like Big Show and Billy Gunn and fucking yeah. two other guys. And I'd like that weird like those big, yeah, weird, we're more of a fan of that. I don't, Duke, Duke, uh, Frank's not big on the eight mans. It's too much, nah, too, too much, many, uh, too many things happening. I just think they're fun. Like if they're like 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like I think nothing it's a good way to get a lot of cool guys in a match. Yeah, just you know, everybody does their move, and that's that. You well, know, well, Scott, I wanted Norton. to. Oh, sorry. sorry, I wanted to say before, like, like something I I heard about this matchup too was that um, and it might explain the stiffness from the Steiners was that they got matched in the match like late. Like I think they I read that they got Macho Man. They they agreed with Macho Man to be in the match like a few hours before the event, I heard. And like and that part of the agreement was that uh Macho would get the win, you know? And like the Steiners were like super mm. pissed off. Like they were like Aww. like very pissed off about it. So mm. like that may explain, you know, like anybody, like any bully, you're gonna beat up the guy you can beat up, right? Not the yeah, fuck. Sure. So they didn't try that shit with you know Scott Norton or whatever. Right. But they were like, "Who's in here? We can't do match or even match, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can't deal with match, right? Yeah. And like they were like, "Well, Virgil's gonna fucking get it." So you know that might explain some of their, you know, because we know they're hotheads. Exactly. They're definitely I just hotheads. um, I'm gonna give you my rating because we don't want to yeah. spend too much time on this. <laughs> well, really quick, you know, really quick, because Scott yeah. Norton helped Savage land an elbow for the win. They did get the mm-hmm. win. NWO and Scotty Steiner does the job, which I didn't yeah. agree with at Maybe all. That's why he was so rough. Yeah, 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 like I was actually shocked. But once again, though, I like forgot who won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it was cool. Like, did you guys like? I mean, obviously, you guys know I'm a huge Macho fan. Like number two all time. Like, did you enjoy the shit out of him like I did in this match? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was. I, to me, he's the only part I really enjoyed. I enjoyed some of the Steiner shit, obviously, yeah. you know, because they're so good. But, like, the, other than that, it's like Like, like going like, outside the ring and messing mm-hmm. with yeah. the fans and, mm-hmm. like, you know, just I, like, truly believed he was nuts. And, like, 
I truly believe Scott Steiner was as nuts as him. That's why it was so cool to see those guys interact. Like, I think Scotty tells him F you during the match mm-hmm. at one point. Like, and yo, yeah. Steiner, Scott Steiner does not hold back on uh, Macho Man either. Like, he's laying um, some of his more, I guess, complicated moves he's putting on Savage and like kind yeah. of throwing them around. And I'm like, damn, Mach is taking Once it. again, though, man, Mach was a giving dude, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he was all about helping dudes out like always like i read a quote from him like you know before he passed obviously like they were asking him about all the aerial maneuvers now he's like oh i think it's awesome you know i think it's Mm -hmm. great that they can do stuff that you know i wasn't able to do he wasn't like calling them spot monkeys or anything like Mm -hmm. that and you know he always put the younger guys over he was a huge proponent for brett to get over you know Mm -hmm. like he would he would say Always speak fondly of Brett. But anyway, that's enough of my yeah. Macho Man gushing. Overall, yeah. I enjoyed the match like because of him and the Steiners. I love the Steiners. So overall, I gave it a three out of five stars. Three out of five. All right. For me, I like I said, it. fun match, fun six, ten, fun six man, 4.8 out of 10. You know, very, uh, very enjoyable. It was for the star power alone. Frank, what you have? Just under you guys, I gave it a two out of five okay two stars okay yeah. i thought it, i thought so a half uh, a half a star uh, better than that other six man yeah than the booty was yeah that's right <laughs> because of vincent right yeah exactly yeah ruined it vincent's um, an automatic deduction of half a star that makes sense the body goes automatic get yeah. half so what I if like he gets it. the shit beat out of him <laughs> right <laughs> dude brutal happened um from there mean gene okerlin interviewed jj dylan and i'm gonna just tell you guys i never really we haven't talked about it a lot but jj dylan is president wcw an absolute snooze fest for me always put (laughs) me to sleep when he would come out and ramble but he was announcing nick patrick as the referee for the main event he said Mm -hmm. it was like a random drawing from a hat or whatever it was a quick little thing they had there and uh we went into um before we get to the next match actually we should cover that butterbean mark marrow brawl from over Mm -hmm. on the degeneration x pay-per-view because we did sort of build it up and left you hanging there but this was a tough man fight on the dx pay-per-view for butterbean and mark marrow four two-minute rounds and i'm a little intrigued here because i want to see how they're going to present this but um you know quickly right off the bat this is a pro wrestling mm-hmm. fight like yeah. not this is not this is before the tough enough so this is not two guys slugging it out and you know hurting each other this is like a, a work and we we know it right away but um lawler was bashing butterbean for his weight uh they revealed in the tail of the tape butterbean at a hundred pound weight advantage which is hilarious right for a fight <laughs> 100 pounds and uh he had a sable pound weight advantage <laughs> exactly yeah uh but referee mike kyota in here to call this thing right down the middle of this big tough man fight but even as me as like a very casual boxing fan you could really see just how they held back like like oh yeah leaving his face open you know what i mean it was just yeah, he like could have knocked whole... mark marrow out right away you know yeah like, yeah 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 but um he did we that to professional boxers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not an amateur right. boxer. You know, mm-hmm. Butterbean never fought good fighters. You know what I mean? And when he did, he lost. But, like, he knocked out guys who had records in, bo- in professional boxing, mm-hmm. you know, and Mark Merrow's in there, like, boxing his head off. At one point, he's throwing jabs and moving around. And you could tell he could box a little. But it's just like, dude, stop this nonsense. Butterbean <laughs> just fucking probably killed a guy the night before. Right. You yeah. know, and, now, and then Mark Merrow's, like, in the ring with him. 
I thought this whole shit was a waste. Yep. I, same. I, I, you know, and I'm the boxing guy of us, this group, mm-hmm. you know, and it was yep. like, bro, dude, get this shit off of here. Like it's well, sure, but it's not boxing. Yeah, it's not boxing. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like you know, and I, once you know it's, it's a work, nonsense. you're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly. once you know it's a work, you're out. And uh, Butterbean even punched Mark Merrow while he was in the ropes at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like, what even is this? Right? Yeah. Like he beat I've up just never I've never been a fan of these like tough guy boxing MMA bullshit in wrestling because it's mm-hmm. like yeah okay so haku wins right yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're not tough right. this is why you fake fight you know not <laughs> right, to say right, wrestlers right. aren't tough they are you know yeah. but you know but what i'm saying like it's, it's a work either. i like watching staged fights so yeah. like let's get this shit out of here like mm-hmm. it was i thought it was a complete waste i'm with frank like and like by the way i didn't like hate either of these shows you know what i'm saying i just this shit is not for me so yeah. like not interested whatsoever well it doesn't help that mark marrow has no real heat and like yeah. he's not he's not a, yeah like he doesn't there's boring chance going on you right. know what i'm saying and i love the guy mark marrow he seems like the nicest dude mm-hmm. you know i watched some of his like his his motivational talks he's a nice guy but like he's and not, like his shoot interviews yeah. suck because he's so nice yeah. doesn't right, have a bad thing right, to say right. about anybody you know Right. Yeah. But, nothing um, against the dude. And like, I don't even hate Mark Mara as a wrestler. Just this mm-hmm. particular angle. I didn't give a shit about. Yeah. Nice. And these kind of sure. things like if and I asked you guys earlier about Butterbean's mainstream appeal, because you go back like Mr. T and Piper, they had this boxing match. Right now, of course, it's silly. But you have Mr. T, who's literally like as popular as a, a celebrity at the time. And Roddy mm-hmm. Piper, tippity top of the card. So you can kind of get away with an attraction, I guess, even though that shit's silly, right? But this is like no heat for Marrow. And really, mm-hmm. does anybody care about Butterbean to the point where they're like losing their mind over him winning or getting like... I, so I will like flash back to that time in defense of the Butterbean, like being involved. Mm-hmm. Like he was very popular. I remember being a kid being like, the spectacle of Butterbean, like in pro boxing, you know what I mean? And like, I always wanted to watch Butterbean's fights, you know, like, so he, there was something to it. I know like hindsight, like it didn't hold, you know, true for many years after that. But like, I do remember thinking like Butterbean's cool. He was such a freak show in professional sports, you know? So like, it was something to see all that being said, nobody gave a fuck here, you know, like it didn't, it actually didn't translate. Like, and they may have thought, cause I do think he was a star, you know, I think he only headlined like one pay-per-view in his life. I was going to uh, ask you that because like, yeah, 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 freak show, like a kind of an, a special attraction, but not like a, like a main no, event no, level, no, no, no. So, like mm-hmm. mainstream box office attraction. Yeah. The only time but he ever certainly, like, like headlined. Yeah. yeah. The only time he ever like headlined was like when like an actual legend, like Larry Holmes, who was like almost 60 at the time mm. said, oh said I could, yeah, he was like, I could still, I could beat up Butterbean easy. And they had a match. I remember watching that and he did, he beat up. Like, that's what I was telling you. Like Larry Holmes old ass Larry Holmes outboxed <laughs> Butterbean for 10 rounds or 12 rounds, whatever it was, you know? So That's like, hilarious. that was like the only time I think Butterbean main evented anything, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, obviously it didn't you work rate out. It? Give me a rate. I gave it a half a star five <laughs> out of five. Point five. No love, no love. Uh, really? So Mark Merrow actually uh, low blowed Butterbean bashed him with a stool, all the shenanigans. He won by a DQ in a tough man match, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, or I'm sorry, Butterbean wanted by DQ. So, like I said, a little intrigued at first, but very silly. It didn't didn't take long. One point three out of ten for me. Okay. Uh, pretty pretty brutal. What you have, Duke? 
a solid one out of five. There you go. There it is. Okay. So all of us felt the same way. We actually have... spent way too much time on that. <laughs> well, you know, but let me just, because I have to fit this nugget in here on the uh, DX pay-per-view before we go back to Starcade. <clears throat> this is a point in the show where you just don't know anymore about uh, pro wrestling. Gold Dust comes out with Luna, oh, formerly man. known as Donuts. Gold Dust. And first of all, I don't know what was going on in Dustin's mind at this time. I can't <laughs> pretend to know, but this kind of like disgraceful, embarrassing, low key, kind of like nauseating presentation for a guy that comes not only is he a Rhodes, but it's like the character Gold Dust wasn't he, like it was cool at one point. This, whatever they were doing to it here. So Dustin Rhodes comes out. Gold, Gold Dust comes out reciting Dr. Seuss, Green Eggs and Ham in all pink, basically like lingerie. He's changing his accent. We won't, we'll leave it at that, right? He's he's doing a little bit of a voice here. Luna pulls him away by his collar, some weird dominatrix shit. This immediately mm-hmm. brought the rating for this show almost to a zero. <laughs> like whatever had been done that I kind of liked was almost like reverted and erased yeah. because yeah, it's like, what are we doing here, man? Yeah, very strange, very strange stuff. I always thought this part, like this gold dust, this brief gold dust, like uh, run, I guess you could say, is it was so bizarre. It's just like, and mm-hmm. not in a good way, where like gold dust was bizarre and like right. the best right. ways. You know, this was just like, what is happening? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even make sense, and never went anywhere really, as far as I remember, unless you guys know the big no. payoff to this fucking no, gold didn't. dust. Story. Yeah, so, no. um, yeah, it's just total weirdness. Total weird. I had to mention it because it was like part of the show and we're going to rate yeah, the shows yeah. overall eventually. And this shit took away from it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, Duke, not not talking about gold dust. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you can. I don't know if you even care to talk about that, but there is a guy Goldberg on WCW oh, Starcade yeah. that we have to talk about because this was the next match. Starcade 97 Goldberg versus Mongo McMichael. Oof. And this is a continuation of the last pay-per-view we watched, Halloween Havoc 97, if you guys mm. remember. Goldberg came in and speared Mongo. He almost threw him into the, his neck into the ropes in the mm. in the process. It was very weird. Um, but this is a longer Goldberg match than we would have come to know. Yeah, uh, it sure was. And you could tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually six minutes, but it felt like 16 minutes. It felt like 60 hours or 60 minutes uh, he was blown crowd. up yeah. like mm-hmm. in three minutes like it was ridiculous yeah like people give mongo shit yeah mongo at least could go 10 minutes like yeah oh my god man like and i'm not even like this goldberg hater but right this right. shit was embarrassing dude it was, was embarrassing it he was, was dangerous mm-hmm. like he almost hurt him numerous times he was fucking green as whatever they say. What is it? Green as goose shit. Is that what Green as goose shit. And uh, yeah, man, like blown up like instantly, like trash. Like this match sucked. Yeah, and it yeah. was in and it was entirely because of Goldberg. I think Mongo has some blame. I do think Mongo has some blame in it because I remember Mongo trying to like sidewalk slam him or some weird Mm -hmm. shit that looked Mm -hmm. dumb as hell. Like Mongo just then he sold the back though. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was Mongo. You know, Mongo sucked, but Goldberg sucked at this point. You know, like he didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't the you know final product yet. And yeah, 
you could tell, dude. You could tell. Yep. They have no well, the chemistry. Crowd, no, at zero all. chemistry. Yeah. The crowd was kind of into Goldberg, but it's the beginning stages yeah, of yeah, the yeah. monstrous run. Yeah, that and he like would go he on. looks cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I remember the first time I saw Goldberg, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, look at this guy. You know, but mm-hmm. like, even that being said, like, and I, I guess too, like I'm looking back now as a man in his forties, yeah, and I'm like more, I think, like, um, empathetic. You know, yeah. I don't want anybody to get hurt and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, Jesus, dude, like you're going to kill this fucking guy. You know, yeah. like that's why Brett's never wrong. You know? And yeah. Brings, <laughs> well, Brett's every, never wrong. I mean, you look we at love this... Dean Malenko, but he's punk <laughs> Dean Malenko. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's you, like, but just this match, like I remember. Like there was a moment when like they looked at each other because like they didn't like they fucked up like a little spot. And they looked at each other. Then Goldberg like tossed them through a table or something yeah. like that. It was just so dumb. And like the crowd is like starts chanting ECW, ECW yeah. with the softest table spot. But that just shows mm-hmm. you how ECW manga like, just like creeping everybody's brains. Like, Let's talk about the table real quick though, because <clears throat> Barry Green Goldberg was doing a lot of random moves with no flow, and mm-hmm. this t- this table spot was completely random. It did get the ECW chance, but there was a stiff spear before that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was like a real spear. Yeah. Real spear. Yeah. It Goldberg looked like Mike ath- White getting killed last week. <laughs> Goldberg athletic as hell. Like, you can't deny yeah, how yeah. athletic sure. Yeah, and like here, I but... said, I'm not even a Goldberg hater. Just this right. match, man, he just looked bad. Yeah. Well, before we get into the rating, um, I think it's interesting to see the origin of Goldberg as we see on the other show in a minute, Rock and Austin in their mm-hmm. beginning, like in their in their early rivalry, because like <clears throat> some people think Goldberg came along well after Austin was like on top and he was the champ and that he was mm-hmm. like a ripoff. Mm-hmm. And you could say he was like okay, like a yeah, little bit yeah. of a, but he like Austin wasn't like a, the household household name yet. No. Goldberg was already mm-hmm. in the works, you know. Yeah. And also, as far as like the ripoff thing, like I think that's unfair. I think yeah, they're just bald unfair. white guys. Yeah, he's yeah. a bald dude. <laughs> He's a bald white guy with. He could be a, a eight black. ball ripoff for a uh, right. Same exactly. same gear doesn't help, you know. Like yeah. even if Goldberg wore pants or somebody but I mean, did, it's not you know, even but... the same gear because he wore like the MMA gloves, you know. And their yeah. styles were completely yeah. different. No, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. Goldberg's like this power dude. Like it's just that it's probably that WWF, you mm-hmm. know, fanboy shit where you, God forbid, you can't like both companies. Yeah, right. So like, oh, look at this fake ass you know stone cold like i think that's really unfair I, and like no i again i was like, a Goldberg dumb, yeah. deserves criticism for a lot of the yeah. shit that he did but like i don't think shaving your head bald is one of those right no i was a wwf fan for sure here but i didn't think he was a ripoff i just thought it would have been an awesome dream match that never happened. yeah yeah like i just wanted to see them fight but yeah. um this was a quick little battle it, it, it was very sloppy very ugly i gave it a 2.3 out of 10 which is as higher as than be. higher than the butterbean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Wow. I gave this a higher grade than the butterbean as well, but not yeah, by much. Definitely. I gave I gave it a one out of five, one star, <laughs> one star. Yep, mm. that's where I'm at. One one out of five. Okay, so um, let's actually shift back to the DX pay per view because we're going to get into a tag title showdown. I guess you could call it. <laughs> um, Legion of Doom and the New Age Outlaws. Before that, there was a little promo backstage with LOD, and Hawk just kept calling the Outlaws boogers. <laughs> that was his thing. He was just going to drive that point home. 
um he called him mr s and like mr dog and mr s and i'm wondering like was he always mr s before this or yeah right interesting it's funny maybe i wonder if like those guys heard that and they're like oh that's good that's what i was wondering mr s you know but the uh the outlaws really were um running well mostly road dog was running down lod for being old men you know Mm -hmm. dinosaurs and all that stuff um but the road warrior pop was still in effect here that's for sure because this it's funny because like you say what you want they got old whatever they were never not over dude it's crazy like Mm -hmm. and it like you you mentioned six thousand whatever people like you heard every Mm -hmm. one of them for them Mm -hmm. you know it's crazy yeah unfortunately their time had come and gone by for then, sure you know like for unfortunately sure. for them because like i was kind of like oh, okay you know going into this match like yeah okay this will be interesting because i knew they were old but it was just like and it made me think of that billy gun match with against the road wars it's you know, funny that, like, I, I did guys, too yeah. i thought of you immediately yeah for those that don't know frank sent us a video of the road warriors and nwa what was that 1989 Nine, or, yeah 89 yeah. and it was they were fighting a young billy gun yeah, yeah and it's up. like comes full circle you know mm-hmm. so like i thought of that and i was just like okay you know maybe this will be cool maybe they could pull out a match but mm-hmm. uh boy i don't think they did you know like boy oh boy yeah boy, personally oh boy. i was like oh that i i didn't like much about this match i'll be honest um it was cool to see everybody because I did like the outlaws, you know, like mm-hmm. I did, I did fuck with those guys for a while. Um, even though now I think road dog is like unbearable, but mm-hmm. um, that said, like the road, the LOD was just, they were so past it, man, you know? And then mm-hmm. like the finish is stupid, you know? Yep. And like, it, yeah, it, let's, too get, much to stuff the, let's get to the work. finish. Yeah. Let's get yeah. to the finish real quick though. I thought, yeah, I thought that, um, the like road dog coming out with the mic i thought he was actually pretty damn funny like mm-hmm. when he was like they were trying to get in the ring and they got chased out and he's he has the mic and he's like can we not even get in the ring <laughs> can we not even get in the ring like i actually was like laughing at that yeah, yeah. yeah he like was witty said, as shit like he's a complete dork now yeah yeah, he's yeah completely unbearable but in that moment i was like oh shit like he's funny you know i did think he was funny back then Oh yeah, I, he was I did dislike how they disrespected the Road Warriors, not the Outlaws because it's a work, but the yeah, WWF. Yeah, yeah. I just felt mm-hmm. like didn't properly respect them, but mm-hmm. I did think that was funny, like their little shtick to the ring, and I laughed. So. Well, well, LLD uh, recently lost the tag titles to the New Age Outlaws, so this was sort yep. of a rematch. Hawk was worked over for like eight minutes out of this ten-minute match, pretty much. It was all Hawk getting beat oh, down. Hawk, Animal yeah. barely did anything. And then the, the crowd was a lot of road dog as well, too. A lot of road yes. dog and hog, too. Barely any Billy. But this show um, was really rough at this point for me because the crowd wasn't super invested, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, they did erupt for an almost doomsday device, which never actually happened because Godwin came in, used a bucket to hit Animal, and then Hawk grabbed the bucket and hit one of the outlaws, which led to a DQ. We got a DQ finish on a pay-per-view for the tag titles. Just for the participants and me being nice, 2.4 out of 10. Not a good tag title match. What you guys think? <laughs> I gave it, this is another one out of five for me. Did Ooh. not enjoy much of it. <laughs> I, and beyond like the initial, like, oh, this could be cool. Then I didn't enjoy much. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one out of five. So for right. me, as I'm rating these, 2.5 is average. Mm-hmm. So I just gave it a 2.5. I thought it was an average tag team match. 
There was nothing special. I thought Road Dog was funny. I thought mm-hmm. he was entertaining when they came out. And that's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. Well, what's funny is that what's well, not funny. It's pretty shitty. But back-to-back DQ schmaz finishes on a pay-per-view. If you want to talk about that tough enough match or tough man match. Well, that you've just entirely um, described the attitude, era, pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this pay-per-view as we will continue <laughs> on. But um, before we continue on on the DX side, let's talk about the Starcade side. Mm. Here we had Raven wander out um, in a Dinosaur Jr. t-shirt, by the way, <laughs> which I thought was like pretty sick because I want I do you guys think he listened to all these bands? I kind of don't. No, I just I, thought I don't know. I think he did. I will say I okay. think he did. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I don't I thought, it's hard to say, right? Because like you look at somebody, you never know what music they like. I like every I like every mm-hmm. music. I'll listen to, you know, like classical music one day and fucking Nas the next minute. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so like who knows? But I'm right. just judging by like Scotty Flamingo and then Johnny Polo. <laughs> yeah. Uh if, Scott and, unless maybe maybe he had a grunge phase, you know, like we yeah. all did in the nineties. So I would like to think so, but it is cool they allowed him to wear these shirts. Yeah, he I mean, wore some awesome shirts. Like mm-hmm. I remember he had a sick Sandman shirt, the comic book, the Sandman. Yeah. That I love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a big Sandman shirt. mark because I was at we were at Wizard World. This is like mm-hmm. a little side story. We worked the Wizard World comic book convention in Philadelphia one year. And I'm like, I'm almost positive it was a Sandman thing. Cause I'm like, I'm I'm standing at like some guy's booth and I'm hearing some guy haggling. He's like, 200 well can we can we knock anything off it was a sandman he was talking about a sandman statue no it was raven i'm like who's looking at it who's haggling with this fucking guy to move and it was fucking raven i remember you telling me that trying to haggle prices on some statue comic book statue he's a carny man yeah he's a carny (laughs) that's funny well i have to say uh because before we get into the match raven uh he kind of calls for a sub. He's going to have Saturn come out to face his opponent, which is Chris Benoit. But before we get to the match starting, Raven goes in the ring, cuts a promo, sits in the corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but I saw this this week randomly. Totally weird that this popped up. But Raven was cutting the promo and a fan attacked him. Oh, yeah. The, I've well, seen that. Yeah. Grabbed this by was the this promo. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. But they edited this out here. And oh, uh, that's mm. fucking funny because I did not realize that. But I've seen that video. The fan really grabs him by the hair. And yeah, dude. The ropes. Yeah. You know, I didn't obviously see it because yeah. I watched it, you know, the edited mm. version. But now that you say that, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. yeah Peacock edited this one out. But yeah. This is, uh, this was crazy. That, that, if yeah, you ever totally, want to go Google that, yeah, or YouTube it. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, check out Raven getting attacked by a fan if you want to see that. It's pretty <laughs> wild because it happened right before this match. Yeah. But so he has Saturn sub for him in a Ravens rules match. And yeah. before that match began, Benoit cut a promo of his own and oh. he got through it, but um it was a little little rocky. Um it was he was stuttering a bit, but he says at one point the thing he's most passionate about in life is inflicting pain on Raven. So priorities, <laughs> okay, right? Yeah, that- <laughs> I want to say too about the Ravens rules for people who don't know. Basically, it was just mm-hmm. you had a match and Ravens friends got to fuck you up whenever they felt like it. You know what I mean? Like that was that was basically what the Ravens rules were. You know, that's a like, good description. Yeah, that's so. a perfect description. And I think it's cool because like interference 
if you can make logical sense of interference somehow in wrestling, this is a way to do it, right? Like it's mm -hmm. got a cool name, Ravens rules. Mm -hmm. And that's what this match was under. It's Saturn versus Chris Benoit. <clears throat> Saturn still rocking some hair here. I know. Yeah. Very funny hair too. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> super weird. He had yeah. like a funny box haircut. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Stiff, Standing stiff box. chops. Yeah. Snug, tight wrestling from both of these guys. Flock got involved obviously because it's Ravens rules. Mm -hmm. So anything goes. Um, the WCW guys were showing in the crowd. Uh, it was like cool the way they were building up towards this main event because they kept showing the uh, the guys in the crowd talking about they're yeah, here yeah. to see Sting versus Hogan. I just wanted to mention yeah, that yeah. as a side note. Um, Crossface on the outside by Benoit, but then the whole flock officially jumped in. And mm -hmm. Benoit was like fucking them all up. He was fighting mm -hmm. them all up one by one. But there's... Uh, there's a moment when Raven comes in, they have a little mini stare down mm -hmm. crowd was like into a lot of this match. Um, you know, it was 10 minutes long and I feel like, well, two things about the crowd though, the crowd yeah. always hated Raven and they always loved Benoit and WCW. They did love Benoit. It's crazy. It's, like, it's kind of crazy to see the love is. he gets in Benoit. I, I think in it's, like I yeah. said, the, the difference of the crowds, man, like Benoit wouldn't have been over in WWF at this time, at that time, you know, yeah. And uh, he had to like build up, you know, but it's crazy, like how the crowds were so different, even as well as the companies were at this time. I don't. And I, there's, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead John. Go ahead. I was no, just going to say, like, that, uh, <laughs> there's, only, there's only there's only so so much room at the top because we talk about like yeah, the main yeah. events and how guys couldn't um, sort of get there if mm -hmm. Hogan was on top or Luger. But then while you guys mentioned it, like he had love there and um. We'll have to really like dissect. Well, I mean, honestly, like we all know why he didn't succeed there. Mm -hmm. Like initially, it was the Booker. Sullivan. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you're telling me that Chris Benoit can't beat Saturn. Yeah. On a pay per view, Chris Benoit right. would lose to fucking Fit Finley. All due yeah. respect to Fit Finley, but mm -hmm. Jesus right. Christ, this guy's a newcomer. He's been in the company for two months, mm -hmm. and he's beating Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit couldn't even win the tv title mm -hmm. you know like disco inferno won the tv title mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. come on you're telling me that kevin sullivan had nothing to do with that please yeah. what were you gonna say frank no i was just gonna say like this match overall even like well, like with what duke said about benoit not being able to beat saturn stuff i like enjoyed it a lot like this whole segment you know like i found i and i think it's just because i'm a mark for these guys you know mm, formerly benoit mm -hmm. i do love saturn i love raven i was all i was super into the flock i always thought all oh, those guys were cool even kidman back in those days i was like all about them so like usually when there's a match like this where it's like kind of overbooked with all these interferences and stuff i don't like it but i just got behind the idea of the Ravens rules, you know, and just like enjoyed seeing Benoit fighting for his life with no help, you know, from, you know, no help. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I thought, and I think Benoit and Saturn together to me, I like that more than the Raven matchup. You know what I mean? Like it would have been mm -hmm. Benoit and Raven. Like that's all very cool as well. But seeing Benoit and Saturn go was just like extra cool to me. Cause those, those guys like Saturn would probably rank in my top, 25 to 30 guys like if i had mm -hmm. to you know so seeing him and like and i loved oh, him wow. at, this is this time is my favorite perry saturn as well so you know all of that together it, it made it like an enjoyable the segment or match or whatever um for me overall i totally agree it was a fun little match like i said interference that kind of makes sense if there is mm -hmm. such a thing um benoit and raven had that stare down 
Raven gives him the, the DDT, the even flow. Saturn gets the pin. I had a 4.9 out of 10. Okay. Very average, very uh, above, you know, for me, like right yeah. in the middle. For what it is, um, it brought the show back up a little bit after that Goldberg stuff. So what do you think, Duke? Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as you guys did. Mm. Like, I, I thought that I was going to because of, like, the lead up and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. It just didn't. It did. I thought it was average. I didn't think there was anything yeah. special about it, you know, because um, I like uh, I think Benoit and Raven actually have really good chemistry. There's yeah. matches with them that I do enjoy. Like there's a three way with those guys and DDP that I thought was really good. But overall, gave it a two point five. I thought it was an average match. I, I don't think I'll ever have to go back and watch that match again. So interesting. Yeah, interesting. I gave it I gave it a three out of five. Maybe being a little generous, but I just, mm-hmm. it's just I like I like all the parties involved. Yeah, you know? once and again, like, like you know, some of your all timers are in yeah, there. exactly. So you're like, enjoy it more. I gave it a three out of five. I don't think it's like perfect by any means. Like I said, I think it's probably a little overbooked there with all the fly, like so many of the flat guys. But I just accepted what was happening, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I found myself enjoying it. Maybe you know, I'm looking at the rest of this card. It's like it, it's up there towards the top of like my favorites on this card. Obviously, Eddie and Malenko was top dog but uh but i enjoyed this a lot actually more than i thought yeah there was some there were some dead points in the match like so like mm-hmm. like the way it was laid out it was a little bit um i guess you say like quiet at times yeah, in this yeah. match there wasn't a lot of action you would think with these guys or a lot of offense i guess but um i'm with you and i guess it's like we like what we like the flock's mm-hmm. always been cool to me and it's yeah. like seeing them out there the raven moment with the the stare down with benoit it was cool it was fun yeah um so that was that on the DX side, we were going to get into, I guess, their second most important match of the show, at least the way it was booked. It was uh, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Sergeant Slaughter, who was coming out of retirement to teach this degenerate a lesson in respect boot camp match. The pre-match buildup, their little video package actually wasn't bad at all. They're showing classic Sarge doing some ruthless shit to people back in the day, like, you know, taking no prisoners. Um, But I think Sarge here was doing one of those vets paying it forward things like Foley did for Randy Orton many years later. You know, we've seen many other people do it. You guys can let me know if you think of any others, but real quick, Triple H's pre-match promo Duke. He gave you the line it all the time. We quote it all the time. You and I like in texts and stuff. (laughs) It's going to take a a little swing by your house. (laughs) We used to always say that. It's funny. For some reason, that line like resonated with us. Yeah. Yeah. And it was on this real quick. um, You you talked about the lead up. Um, I don't know if they showed it here, but the um, the end of the previous raw ended up being. um, Ken. Okay, Ken Shamrock had the ankle lock on Sean and sarge having the cover clutch on triple h which was cool the crowd popped like they were into it but it's 1997 and sergeant slaughter is like being showcased on your pay-per-view well let's talk about like i said okay it could be a veteran trying to get a younger guy over right like put him over the top which we've seen that done before Mm mm-hmm and there was all about disrespect for like the commissioner for the old man or whatever. But um, 
I don't know. Real quick, they did kick to an interview. Jim Cornette interviewed Sergeant Slaughter, which was yeah, very weird. random. Yeah. And, and Slaughter mentioned that he's going to come out of retirement. And he called Triple H all in the span of one sentence. He's coming out of retirement to face a scum, a, puke, a maggot, a maggot. A puke. He gave him the whole list. Um, yep. But that's an order. Yeah, yeah. that's an order. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, this is their second biggest match that they build on this show. Um, and you're in a crowd in a, a 6,000 person arena. Massachusetts, which we've talked about recently, Boston not being the best town, maybe it's another reason why this pay-per-view was so like dead at times. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the match, and there's only a little bit to talk about, honestly, but Sergeant Slaughter comes out to a very overused. Yes. Kurt Angle. The Patriot, Patriot theme. Yep. So that was actually how what he came out to, because I wasn't sure if that was some, you know, WWE Network it, shit it, or like. They yeah. Do. At that moment, it was. It wasn't previously his song, but mm-hmm. yeah, for that, like mm-hmm. the Patriot gotcha. I had left by then mm-hmm. and they had this mm-hmm. cool ass theme set around. So they were like, hey, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I kind of like popped like, wait, is this <laughs> yeah, Kurt, yeah, yeah. you know, like is this Kurt Angle? Like, that's fine. They use it all the time uh, around the NFL, like, but yeah, and like um, by the way, like I say, like you know, you're using Sarge like in this, you know, kind of premium spot on your pay per view, but I actually like I enjoyed the match. Mm-hmm. Like even back then, I was a Triple H fan, and I was kind of like waiting for him to ascend i guess so like i remember like in this match like i was like all right cool like he's kind of getting the rub now you know so i did end up enjoying the match and like i i thought that i would because i remembered like liking it in the moment too because like i said i always like triple h like even Mm -hmm. as hunter Hearst helmsley interesting i got a lot of love for triple h he's in my you know top five but Sarge, uh, forty nine years old here. You'd think he's yeah. sixty nine. I know. Did I you guys saying. feel? Did you guys feel weird again? Because like they mentioned ages during this match, and like, not to jump ahead, but they talk about Jeff Jarrett's age, and he's thirty. And I'm like, what? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. blew my like, mind. These guys, like, I'm like, how am I older than this dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Sarge looks like, like Tooch said. He looks yeah, like he looks like a grandfather. Old. Yeah, he's and it's really funny. heavy. And it's funny because we we're thinking about like when Sarge was on top. You know, it's only a few years before, and we didn't think he was 67 years old then. But mm-hmm. then it's like six, seven, eight years later, and we're like, How is he only 49? You know what I mean? Like, it's insane, a bowling right? ball. Yeah. Yeah, no, dude, he's younger than Chris Jericho here watching this insane. match. Okay, insane. he's dude, he is you know, barely older than Larry Zabisco, who fights on the other show, who still. Great. Yeah, looks great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the age thing was weird. It was a brawl. It was a boot camp match. So of course it was. We had weapons, ring bells, belts, chains, <laughs> powder. Um, that was cool. Mark- I like that spot a lot. The powder spot. The yeah. powder on China. China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Uh, Mark Eaton, the timekeeper, was a casualty in the war after Triple sure H killed him with a ring bell. So they had to bring, they had to carry his ass out of there. Uh, the, honestly, that the crowd good, was pretty man. Eaton looked like it he did. ate shit. Like, yeah, it was good. nasty. Yeah, he, he hit him pretty hard. But the crowd was pretty quiet for most of this match, and that's yeah. you know for a seventeen minute thirty nine yeah. second match. That's Is that the, the longest problem. match. That's a long ass match. Oh, uh, besides the main event, you know. Yeah. 
Um, but the crowd was Sean to has to be the longest. Come on. Well, Sean and trips, you see who has stroke in that company, you know, yep. <laughs> oh, this was full. You could see, yeah, this was Sean Michaels all night, baby. This, this was, was all the Sean Michaels Shawn. show. Yep. Well, and it's called DX. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Side note, triple H, no, but man. you could absolutely tell Sean was running shit at this time. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll get to it for sure. But um, Triple H, I have to say this real quick, because I was with you, Duke. Like, I was a fan of his at this mm-hmm. point, not Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the snob. Yeah. But he, I was waiting when I was this age for him to come out with a cool T-shirt, and he just yeah. never had one. This T-shirt's yeah. terrible he's wearing. Yeah. He has another Big one. H, like, he never had a cool H. shirt. Yeah, yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, I wanted him to have a cool shirt. There was a he sleeper. Ended up the, uh, by the time he got a cool shirt, it was like enough of triple h you know mm-hmm. yeah right like that iron cross was cool but yeah. it's like you didn't want to look at them anymore at that time yeah, yeah, at that exactly. point right it was overkill there was a sleeper by triple h cobra clutch by sarge created a little bit of tension with the crowd a little bit of interest china laid out the ref low blowed sarge for a street camp or street fight or a boot camp match whatever you want to call it i would um, i would like to call it a street camp match. yeah it's a street, street camp, camp match all right yes. or a boot fight um honestly for all that there still was not a lot of heat and it, without the heat yeah i can't get invested well Therefore, like you mentioned the crowd too you mm-hmm. know and it was too long yeah. 17 minutes is too way long. too should have been yeah, like 15 minutes maybe 12 minutes. to 15 minutes yeah. i think like would have been yeah good I mean, and, a, and a big problem i have too is that like i don't i understand that sarge was a former champion he was a former top guy well all that mm-hmm. but like Triple H needs China, all yeah. these like shenanigans Once again, just right? to beat this old retired guy. You know, it's yep. just like, come on, come on. It's like, I understand he's about to go into liftoff mode, Triple H, but it's like, I yeah. let him fuck this guy up. You know, I'm right. always that guy. Like, let yeah, a guy yeah, yeah. have a real win, you know? Yep. And this was another silly, silly, you know, finish. You know, I mean, he gets the job done, obviously, but it's just too, too much, uh, too much nonsense for a moment like this for Triple H right? at mm-hmm. this point in his career, mm-hmm. you know? And you say that with um, he needed all the shenanigans. And on top of it, Sarge t- on the top was a heel. He was never really booked as a, a yeah, baby yeah. piece that much towards t- for these fans watching. Like they, yeah. so it's like they didn't really want to see this old man Sarge beat young Triple H. Yeah. So nah, no one nah. really, you yeah. know what I mean? No one really cared. So I yeah. gave it a 3.1 out of 10 for a street camp boot fight match. Didn't love it. <laughs> what do yeah. you guys think? I gave it um, a two out of five. Okay, so like a four, a four on your scale. So we're not far off. Duke, what do you got? I got a two point seven five. I thought it was slightly above average. I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Well, that's um, that's good. And, I'm glad you and, did. And you know, once again, I'm a fan of both of these guys. So, you know, I think Sarge for being forty nine and out of shape. I I still think he did some pretty, you know crazy shit like he, he took it over the top, top rope, rope bump. bump exactly like that's his signature bump and he can still do that so mm-hmm. you know 49. i enjoyed it yeah. for what it was you know yeah uh so back on starcade this is a match i want to talk about a little bit because it's we talk about length of time this match here is the longest match of the night oh, wow. it's lex luger wow. versus buff bagwell 16 minutes and 36 seconds this went and holy moly so buff bagwell part of the nwo he beat luger three times leading up to this match by count out or dq so lex yep. wants a clean i actually remember that win. yeah lex wants to clean win but um before we get to the match 
what do you guys think about Buff Bagwell? Um, you know, he was sort of getting a chance now, I guess, because mm-hmm. WCW synonymous with keeping guys down or not giving guys chances. They're giving this guy a pretty good chance here. He's got a, a long match with Luger. He's got some wins over him, even though they're silly. But um, I was going to say, because for me, Buff, like I always liked Buff and even coming out here, talking to the camera, you know, doing his thing. And um, mm-hmm. it reminded me because I heard him talk recently saying that when he went to the WWF, he was doing the thing, talking to the camera, coming out in his entrance. And Shane McMahon pulled him aside and said, you cannot do that here. Like, what are you doing? And Buff's mm-hmm. like, this is literally my whole gimmick. Like, this is what yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I talk to the camera. But like, he just had something about him, his little, you know, arrogant self. But what do you guys think right now of this Buff? Like, were you in on Buff or not Not ever really a fan? Um, I was, I was kind of in on buff. I thought he looked cool, you know, like as a kid, you know, looking back, I was, he was always like, so Jack, but he was so unlikable as like a villain or like a heel. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I think I was, I I was not a buff hater, you know, for most, for most of his career. That being said, this match though, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's just how long it was that by the end I was like, get me the fuck out of here. But I did not enjoy like a lot of it. And I'm not, you know, you guys know I'm not a big Lex guy, but I can respect what Lex has done. You know what I mean? And like how he was a big star for the time. And yeah. and he's a big guy, like a big muscle guy, you know, okay. power man, you know. So like I could understand like everything happening Go. here, but it doesn't do anything for me. Buff does look cowardly in the match, which I think is like his best attribute, you know what I mean? To make mm-hmm. himself like this weaselly villain. But then shit doesn't make sense. We mentioned earlier calling Vincent. You know, like as all the guys in the NWO, why are you yelling for Vincent to come help you? I just don't get shit like that. But you know, I didn't. I wasn't a buff hater. I thought that I thought he was fine, generally speaking. Okay. When he was American Male, they're cool. I thought they were cool, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Duke, lots of power moves by your boy Lex in this match. <laughs> and to just get to the point in the match where Frank is talking about, he's doing all these power moves to Buff, Lex is, and Buff can't take it. Like, he's completely... So he calls to the back and asks for Vincent to come out, and then he looks <laughs> in the camera and he says, now it's a little more fair. So, like, <laughs> Vincent evens the odds, I guess, of all the things. Yeah, he's it's like half funny. a guy and Buff's half a guy, right. I guess. <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think of... um I guess talk about the match. I know you're a Lex fan. I mean, I love Lex, but not like you love Lex. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Buff. What did you think of this match and this 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 combination, this oil and water maybe? I don't know. Yeah, so I love Luger. I think um, it's been documented on here enough, my love for Lex. But I'm with you as far as the oil and water thing. Um, I did not feel this at all like – it was like square peg round hole. Like mm-hmm. it was just weird. Um, I thought buff I'm with you guys. Like I always kind of liked buff, yeah. you know, like he's cause he's entertaining. Right. Like, but when he got in the ring, it, you know, he was average or below, average, I think, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like, so, you know, he comes out, he's always funny, you know, looking in the, in the uh, camera. I thought his jacket was cool as shit. Yeah, we're big. Pop, we're big. Yeah. We're big ring attire guys, so we all like that, you know, but like then it happened. And then for the length that it happened, it's like, all right, man, like Mm -hmm. enough. And like, it's not like Luger was washed at this point because like, Mm -mm. there's there's matches that I can direct you to and you'll be super into them. I just think it was like you said, John boy, 
oil and water. It just didn't work. I just or was the layout the structure of the match because Buff was in control for a while with like chin locks mostly, honestly. Mm -hmm. But Luger was like worn down, much like a like a Roman Reigns match, which I know like gets a lot like he gets a lot of hate. But and I know Duke, you're not like a huge Roman Reigns fan, but like the way Luger was booked here, it was he was just beat down and then all of a sudden sort of jacked up and like mm-hmm. holed up out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it was the, the way Ico they laid Pro it kicked out. in brother yeah. Yeah. Ico Pro kicked in and the crowd did pop when Luger signified for the rack but yeah. like but I, even the announcer I think Dusty Rhodes mentions like he needs to stop like calling for it and just do it because he kept yes. like doing the rack pose, <laughs> but not yeah but not like putting the rack on you know and he could yeah. have but he just didn't do it it's funny um, that you mentioned Roman because I kind of put those guys like not like you know that um buff is in roman's category because roman like it or not is like an all-time great now just because of this crazy rain you know it's hard to argue otherwise Mm but i've said it about roman like i love his character work i'm always into like his interviews you know even though i i still think he's kind of a cornball that like is putting on a show Mm -hmm. but um then he gets in the ring yeah and it's Mm -hmm. like I don't care anymore. Yeah. You know, well, I was and like, alluding, that's how I, I feel alluding, about buff. I was alluding to Luger and Roman as a, as a quarter of a comparison because of like just their, their power, their strength, and maybe the fact that they don't carry a match. Like they're more like, no. Yeah, for sure. You I know mean, what I'm Luger, saying? Right? Luger's best matches are him being carried. I would say besides, I mean, I'm a big fan of him and Hogan on nitro mm. just because of the, Actually, they have two matches on Nitro that I would recommend watching. It's when Luger first came back to WCW. I thought that was cool because it was kind of like a dream match type thing. Yeah. And then um, the one when he beats Hogan for the belt on uh, Nitro. Um, So I don't, you know, him and Hogan, I think, just had chemistry. And there was a story, you know, like everybody hated Hogan. They wanted to see him lose, et cetera. And like. I think people kind of liked Buff, you know, so it wasn't like this clear cut, like baby. And part of the cool NWO thing. Right. uh, Which was so over. But yeah, Luger, finally, after five minutes of doing the pose for the rack, (laughs) um, finally got it on. But Vincent got involved. No avail. Ref bump. Macho Man came out, got involved, and he caught the rack. He got in the rack. Yeah, Scott Norton then came out. Really weird. Like Scott Norton then came out. Yeah, Yeah, like he hit Lex with a, a chain or what they said was Rick Steiner's doll collar from earlier in the night, <laughs> which, which makes the, which makes the Vincent call more weird. Cause it's like, why the fuck right. is Vincent coming out? And then macho man <laughs> and Scott true. Norton come out, you know, it's just like, Oh, what, what is happening? Just call for Scott Norton, bro. But I guess That's it was just that whole ass tag for. team. The whole, and then Liz, the whole came team out. <laughs> Liz came out, yeah, but Buff got another, Sorry, Buff got another <laughs> fluke win over Luger to to, yeah. to put it all uh, wrap it up nice and neat here. Buff got another fluke win over Lex. So fun enough towards the end, even though with it was the a help big, of the entire New World Order, help of the entire New World Order. <laughs> long didn't need to be as long. Um, three point three out of ten for me out of this match, and that's you know unfortunate because yeah. I like these guys for the most part. What you guys have it. I gave it a 1.5 out of five. Um, yeah, I mean, below average, super fucking long, 
too boring, too boring, you know, too mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, and not that I expect Lex to be in like these fast paced matches or anything, but it was just like too slow, too boring. Doesn't make sense. Weird interference, overbooked, 1.5. Mm. Dude, what'd you have it? I gave it the signature 2.5, just an average wow. match. Yeah. I just, mean, just for your like, love I don't, of Lex. Yeah. And I don't think it was like the shittiest match I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just another match on a on a card that should have been. Because with the presentation of Starcade, like I thought the set looked cool. Oh, amazing. I thought the opening video was cool. And it's like, as we go along during this match, it's like, okay, like mm-hmm. it's kind of just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like so. 16 minutes later. Right. You're like, wow. Yeah, way too long for sure. And like like you mentioned, John Boy, like I just don't think those, I think their styles clash, you know. So that's funny because I wanted to mention real quick and then we'll we'll um, move on. But like the whole there's not enough room at the top argument, you know, about mm-hmm. Benoit, Eddie, throw Dean in there, throw in Raven. Um, you know, these guys that don't get a shot at the top, it's because of guys like Luger, Hogan, Sting, you name them, Mach. But imagine if you had a feud going, or do you even think that Luger can work with a guy like Dean, like or Eddie? Like, would that have ever looked believable? I think you know those guys saying? are so good that they can absolutely make him, make him yep, shine. Okay. You know, yep. yeah, I do think those. I I think it would work. Um, kind of like the same way Cena will have great matches with like some of these like. Jericho's or Shawn Michaels, you know, yep. like guys who are just so good that they're able to or Ben Yeah, or yeah, whoever, right? And it's like, so I think Lex would have had success. And I think it would have done his career better if, right. if in my eyes, you know, had he been in matches that were like, oh, look at these guys making this guy look like a million bucks, you know, yep. where instead of him just beating up other big guys and putting the rack on a big guy to make him look strong, you know. Yeah, it's a it. shame, like, you know, that these guys couldn't see past themselves you know Mm -hmm. like all the really cool like dream matches that could have happened and like you know you're as good as your dance partner man yeah like they make you like eddie guerrero is gonna make you look like a million dollars like Shawn michaels like pick one that's Mm -hmm. the smaller guys that they don't want to work with like i mean especially eddie man can you imagine like eddie would have went out there Lex would have fucking press slammed him. Yeah. Back body dropped him Mm -hmm. to the heavens, you know, like, but once again, man, it's that ego bullshit. Mm -hmm. No, it it got me thinking that, that like with like, if you had Eddie Guerrero, we got Eddie and Dean, which I rate, you know, I loved it. I love that match. But like, imagine if you had Eddie Guerrero with Lex at this spot. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and Dean opened the show against buff or whatever you were trying to do. Like you would have got two better matches rather than one banger. And one that's just not good, you know, you look, you look in WCW and we don't want to spend too much time on this because this could be a whole show. But like every time Eddie Guerrero was given an opportunity, Dean Malenko was given an opportunity. Chris Benoit was given an opportunity as minimal Chris Jericho, as minimal as their opportunities were, they made it fucking work. You know, Mm -hmm. Chris Benoit being thrown in with Raven and DDP. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Jericho being thrown in the fucking cruiserweight division and arguably being the most entertaining part of their show every week. Mm -hmm. Eddie Guerrero and uh, Rey Mysterio just thrown together in this Mm -hmm. mass versus title match. 
one of the all-time greatest matches in the history of WCW. Mm -hmm. It's all about opportunity, man. We talked yeah. about it with Ricky Starks last week on the wrap-up show. If you're given a chance, who the hell knows, man? You got to give these guys a chance, though. And it's funny, like, when we think back on WCW, people either like to fondly remember shit like the Cruiserweights or mock the failure that the company ended up becoming because of all these big name guys who wouldn't do anything. And it's just like the short sightedness of everybody, like within that company, you know, and like all these guys becoming legends, like Shawn Michael, I mean, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero and other companies, Chris Jericho shows you that they were right, you know, and the shit they were doing and the stuff we fought, remember fondly was the way it should have gone, you know, instead of it being the same old shit like every yeah the and end not of the to show. say you know not to say that hogan because mm -hmm. i mean hogan was still the shit nah, back then sure. like he got crazy heat but like mix it up man yeah yeah right that's and the whole thing is i'm wondering it's mixing yeah, it and up. like getting into the next match on this card i know we're going to shift gears over to wwf but we'll talk about the asinine booking of wcw mm-hmm mm. Well, the elevation of Buff Bagwell was uh, their goal here, I guess. So, um, so as I say, okay, they're not giving a chance to Eddie Dean or whatever. Like they're trying to make Buff, and I can respect that. And you know, uh, not every match can be five stars or whatever. I'm all about a story. I just feel like to wrap it up on this Buff, Buff Bagwell Lex Luger thing, it didn't work. It, dra it dragged the show back down a little bit for me. Um, and you know, we'll get back. To, we will get into that next match and in, in, on Starcade. But first, let's go to the DX pay per view and talk about a young, thirty year old <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Uh, he's making yo. They literally said making his in ring debut, which is another brain buster. Versus wrong, the under right? like that's not. Oh true. yeah, yeah. I was gonna totally say like wrong. I was like I was like what are you talking about? Well, very because he wasn't. Yeah. Before we never met Jeff Jarrett, guys. We only knew mm. Double J. Mm. There, he there. has slick back well, hair. He's wearing some sort of uh, South. Dude, uh, what we're is gonna it? talk South, about this fucking South, ring gear? Some Texas. South I'm gonna put it <laughs> Southwestern uh, attire. I'm gonna put it as so Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> the very very out of place, mediocre, um, you know, wrestler at this time. Like he's. He's 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 good. He's a good hand, but mm -hmm. he's just very out of place, I feel like. And the entrance gear and the ring gear has to be in an all time bottom list. Like I will have to think about that. But and his music was also and the like, music wasn't his music like 80s to you guys. Like it sounded like the trumpets and like it, the symbols like. Well, there was a lot of like a wrestling challenge, like uh, <laughs> yeah, intro, intro or something. Yeah. yeah. But he also had a voiceover in the theme song. Did you hear that? Where he's talking no. over the... Oh, go back and listen. Oh, he I keeps, will. He keeps saying in the song, I'm the greatest wrestler alive. And it's like oh, nice. little voiceovers yeah. just to give you a reminder. Um, mm. but bro, this is the Jarrett then. This is the Jarrett now. Like this current Jarrett, like I love him. He's like a, a dad, you know, or whatever. Like a big mm -hmm. uncle. Like I, I'm right. A, but like looking at this 30, no one cared. No one no. cared. And it's just a shame because he, dude, it's and like, he had, so he had previously quit, I believe. Right. Didn't he quit mm -hmm. WWF because like he wasn't getting the same money as like razor. Yes. And then, exactly. Yeah. And, and then, then he went to WCW back. became a horseman. So hold on. This is, is that right? He left and this is him coming back from WCW. 
This would have been after the Horseman, I believe. Yes. Really? Wow. Because he was in WWF from 92 or 93 to 96 and then went to WCW after that for like Holy a quick, shit. He was only there for like a year? One year. And, wow. Um, okay. Wow. Yep. And and he, he joined the Horseman and then he went right back in 97. And wow. It was, um, you know, this fresh Jeff Jarrett. And like they said, this is his in-ring debut. Jeff Jarrett, 30 here. He's as old as Darby Allen is now. A guy who recently wow. laid out, you know, um, younger than uh, Max Caster, who he's uh, feuding with right now. Nice, uh, just weird. slick back hairdo. Slick back hairdo. He's fighting The Undertaker, who gets the grand entrance. Finally, the fucking crowd reacts for something <laughs> on this show. And uh, it look, it's kind of cool to see these two in the ring. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time because this felt very Monday Night Raw, right? Mm-hmm. They had they had the uh, the the fresh matchup with Jared and, Ta- and Taker, but it was really a back and forth, I guess, a little bit of a Taker show. Like Jared got a little bit of offense in six minutes and fifty four seconds before Kane comes out. The music hits. This is more like a raw segment because just yeah. keep in mind we we just watched Bad Blood, right? And we saw the debut of Kane. This is only a month later. Mm-hmm. um so they're still trying to build the taker and kane story in which taker won't fight his younger brother where did we hear that before yeah Fred hart would not fight yeah. owen hart so similar <laughs> taker won't fight i kane. will not under any circumstances <laughs> ever fight my brother never ever fight so uh they're trying to do something fairly decent with building the kane and taker story but it's at the expense of jeff jared who they want to make a star you put him with taker yeah yeah, it's, it's already your fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So basically, Kane comes out, choke slams Jarrett to give him the DQ win. We could say Jeff Jarrett won. Yeah, sure, DQ. Right, yeah, but post match, Taker gives Jarrett a very awkward choke slam, and it's just really a means to an end to build Kane and Taker. So Jarrett, this big re debut is just completely forgotten. It's an afterthought because it's all mm-hmm. about Kane and Taker. I ran and, and raved there. What do you guys think of this match? Uh, I added it to 2.8 out of 10. So I'll just give you that right now. What'd you guys think? You know, if this was just a regular ass match, let's say they give these guys 10 minutes and they have a match. Mm -hmm. I don't think I hate it. You know, I don't, and I don't even hate it now. It doesn't get a good grade because like you said, it's like, it's a raw segment versus a pay-per-view match, you know? So like the, for six minutes before Kane starts walking out, I guess I'm into it enough, you know? And like, that's basically where my rating is going to come from. Mm -hmm. But like, Another disqualification, yeah. super short. Kane, Kane coming in and just attacking Jarrett while I guess I can uh, sort of understand it. It's just like, why are you chokeslamming Jarrett? Just, you know, chase your <laughs> brother out or something. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the logic it's is. It's kind of like screw over the Undertaker. You lost now to I Jeff guess. Jarrett. Yeah, but you like, got an L on like the record that? books. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? No, I don't like, think he cares. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like it, none of it kind of worked. Um, it felt out of place doesn't make sense on the card i don't think like the placement of it too because like leading into a couple bigger matches which i don't know that helped anything um i don't know i just not not great overall but i was kind of into it for four and a half minutes you know (laughs) what'd you give it i gave it a two out of five two out of five okay duke what'd you think of the match and what'd you rate it so going into this match like back in the day like it was kind of intriguing to me honestly because right. i was like oh shit like that's kind of cool like jeff jarrett versus the undertaker like i haven't seen that before 
it reminded me of um i remember there was a smackdown where chris jericho was gonna fight the undertaker and it had never happened before and i was like oh shit that's really cool like Mm -hmm. and uh this kind of gave me that like same idea i was like oh cool but unfortunately i do remember this match and i was like oh okay it was fucking like frank said it give them 10 minutes like Mm -hmm. they can probably do something but like it was a and like you said, John Boy, it was a segment, essentially, you know? It was a segment. So, what are you trying to accomplish with Jeff Jarrett, right? right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I mean, apparently not make him a star because, like, he <laughs> certainly didn't look like one. It was about, you know, continuing the Taker and Kane feud. So average 2.5, just it was there. It, I didn't yeah. think it was the drizzling shits, but it certainly wasn't anything special. Yeah. Not even, like, in something that had my attention. Because I was like, oh, cool. Like, see how these guys interact. You know, that's always neat to us, I think, as wrestling yeah, fans. Yeah, to get, definitely. like, different interactions, you know. But, unfortunately, it didn't live up to it. No. It should have been more. It was intriguing. I, even when Jared came out, I was like, oh, like, I want to see them mix it up. And, and it, mm-hmm. you know, their styles were fine together. I think yeah. it was a matter of the time getting cut short. I think you're both right. Um, so, unfortunately, still, this pay-per-view at this point, has been downhill since Brian Christopher versus Takamichi Noku. They yeah. haven't been able to actually <laughs> crazy. Like, it's so right? weird. You know what I mean? All these names, but they couldn't really bring it back up. Um, over on Starcade, I feel like they brought it back up slightly because I'm a fan of both of these men in this next match. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why. Right. But yeah, it's the United yeah, States title, Diamond Dallas Page versus Kurt Hennig, WCW United States Championship. More NWO because with Hennig, but who didn't fit in with this group? Can we be honest? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you know, I mentioned I mean, that previously. The whole turn with him, like, I I hated it. I thought he was tailor made to be a member of the Horsemen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's with NWO, so we got uh, Henning representing the NWO. Big opportunity for DDP in this one. It was originally supposed to be Flair versus Henning, but the title uh, for the title, but Flair got taken out by the NWO. DDP stepped in. That's kind of the story here. Crowd was pretty much fully into Page, mm-hmm. and um, this was like the kind of the beginning of his run. You know what I mean? Like his run to be a main eventer. I mean, he was a main eventer for WCW. Um, yeah. Pretty much, you know, for the next year and a half two years at least an so upper weird. carter for a while just, very yeah. weird very very strange but real quick kurt henning 39 years old here my mm. age 39 but because of the injuries you'd think he was 50 because mm-hmm. even though he moved pretty good still like i'm not yeah, he saying easy. he was bad even at 60 percent, he moved pretty well but you could see he wasn't the same guy and it's, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a shame you know what i mean he could still work a hell of a match but seven years earlier he was flip flopping flailing around selling anything and this one he was more grounded doing a lot of chin locks um ddp and jeans duke what'd you think of uh seeing these two guys mix it up for the u.s title i remember this match because like you guys i'm a fan of both those guys somehow ddp you know the trash man from new jersey (laughs) like you know got our attention and uh yeah for that reason like it was even back then i remember like looking forward to it because i was always a mr perfect fan and uh you know it was intriguing i guess you know um overall i think the match was pretty 
average, honestly. Um, like you said, Kurt really didn't have the same, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't in shape like he used to be, you know, he was battling injuries and stuff. And I mean, now we know like battling other things too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a solid match and, um, like I said, for the intriguing factor, I probably rated it higher than I should have. Yeah. Cause I'm a same. fan of both guys, but, um, yeah, I that, feel that's like how DDP... I felt too. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Frank. that's no, how I felt. Ahead. Like I was just like, I thought the match was, I thought the match was solid, you know, mm-hmm. like I thought it was a solid matchup, but yeah. it wasn't what you want. You expect from Kurt Hennig, but my issues with the match came like with the finish of the match and like logic you know like this is a this is a title match like we just saw buff in a in an epic encounter mm-hmm. with ddp and like the nwo macho man came out to save him you know mm-hmm. and like here we have mr perfect who's a, a a champion and nobody comes out you know and i'm just mm-hmm. sort of like and you know they and don't want to protect want. that gold right yeah, yeah, Why yeah. Not? We, this, this right, is what right. we want as fans right we don't right. want all these schmas endings or whatever but like i was like we just saw a fucking 20 minute match with all types of interference from the nwo and then your champion ddp goes over your champion loses the belt and uh, nobody nobody in sight we get a clean yeah. finish for i did just, think however the like, finish was cool the mm-hmm. finishing move yeah the, oh like, yeah float yeah. over cutter mm-hmm. i thought that the float was over nice. cutter was nice yeah, i love yeah. the float over cutter ddp got his moment here after some back mm-hmm. and forth uh he did win with the diamond cutter and the the announcers put it over huge like shivani yeah. i mean they made it feel very very monumental that diamond Dallas page won a singles title here yeah and this is his first first major title win and they uh they made a point to and uh, let you know something that that we've kind of failed to mention it's the whole like WCW versus NWO yeah, thing yeah, yeah. during this show that we kind of failed to mention. And like this was, you know, a member of the WCW yeah. roster reclaiming that mm-hmm. prestigious United States title, bringing it back to WCW. So that was a big deal, too. So yeah. for that reason and for the reason the parties involved, I gave it a three out of five stars. Oh, nice. Yeah, I gave it something similar. I gave it a 2.75 out of five. Okay. Same reason. People involved. You know. mm-hmm. That's what it is. 4.5 out of 10 for me. Okay, it was yeah. uh right on the right on the money with you guys for the most part. But it was um, I guess nice to see like Kurt Hennig still be able to move before he got too far gone. Cause he like if you guys watch the match, like it, it, he's he's able to still give Dallas like some some mm-hmm. stuff, you know, it's like some mm-hmm. of his uh and like you mentioned before, with a broken back, he put bread over. He's very giving. Yep. And he did the same thing for DDP here. It was pretty cool yep. to see. That's True also pro. like when you see him here, it's like also what makes his surprise Royal Rumble return in 2001 or oh, whatever. Wow. 2002 yeah. Make yeah. it so much cooler because he looks like a million dollars. He's yep. hitting his shit. You know, like he looks like Mr. Perfect, you know, and yeah. like he, we're here. Mm-hmm. He looked like a washed up version. But, you know, he still he still was good. He's still better than a lot. And, of you know, he's he's hanging out with the NWO. Yeah. I'm sure right. they're into some shit. Yeah, you yeah. know, so like I'm sure that being away from them probably helped, yeah, honestly. Yeah, so, for sure. right. That's I mean, true. you're That's a grown a man, point. you make your own decisions, yeah. but like peer pressure is a motherfucker, too. Yeah. Well, I want to continue on uh, in Starcade, if you don't okay. mind, because uh, I want to talk about this next this next situation, we'll call it. It's Bret Hart as the special referee. And for all the good I like about WCW around this time, 
and the show overall, even here and like here and there on the Starcade, I'm enjoying it. But this next situation just it goes down as a major botch. I, I can't wait to hear your guys' opinions. But we got Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco. Duke, you set it up because it's WCW versus NWO. They're battling for a lot of control. I I believe they're battling for Nitro at this point. Like we're we're gonna know who's gonna have control of Nitro. Is it gonna be NWO Nitro from now on, or is it gonna be WCW Nitro still? But I can't think of a less enthusiastic way to not only use Bret Hart, but even to introduce him on the show. He comes like wandering out to some low rent music. <laughs> it's just mind boggling <clears throat> to use him this way. And 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 this is his first like major appearance with the company. Yep. Yep. What do you remember about this? So we talked earlier about, you know, poor booking. And if this isn't the worst booking of the fucking probably decade i'll challenge someone to say otherwise because you have a guy that's coming off of arguably the most controversial thing to ever happen in professional wrestling we're a month removed from from survivor series 97 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their big idea because of egos once mm-hmm. again because they don't want to lend that spotlight to Bret Hart. We're going to make him a special referee in a fucking karate showdown Mm -hmm. between Eric Bischoff and Larry Zabisco. If this isn't something that we could spend four hours on, I don't know what is. We've talked a lot about like what ifs and pro wrestling and, you know, talking about doing a career retrospective on Bret Hart. I don't have enough time to talk about how poorly they botched this. Well, Frank, we're going to let you talk on the whole book Bre- booking of Bret Hart, but to just get into the match really quick, <clears throat> Bret looked great still. Yeah. Like he obviously, sure did. He looked fucking excellent going into mm-hmm. this thing. And they're obviously doing, and so did Larry Zbysko, to be honest, by the way. I don't want to uh, forget that. Even Bischoff, they all look good. But, um, the parallels between these two shows is interesting. Slaughter coming out of retirement, Spisco coming out of retirement. I don't know, man. This whole cat and mouse thing until Bischoff was eventually caught by Larry Zabisco. Like it was so weird. And they're kind of teasing if Brett would call it down the middle, or maybe he's NWO and he'll do yeah. his own screw job fresh off of Montreal. To- Tony Cervani even at one point called him a tweener. It was yeah, just so. He did. It's like, all right, so you're booking Bret Hart, and Frank, you could talk about it. Like, you're booking Bret Hart off the Montreal screw job to now be a referee who might screw someone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the best you got for Bret Hart? It's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, dumb as hell. Like, because like you guys said, like, it, if you don't know all the backstory, maybe it's like, oh, okay, I guess Bret Hart's just being the referee for a silly match. But it's just like, <laughs> he's like the hottest name in the business. You know what I mean? Like he's the hottest name in the business and you bring him over and you pay him all that money. Don't forget all all that money. And then he's like, Mm -hmm. not even good at being the ref. It wasn't like, Oh wow. (laughs) Brett really like added to this in like whatever way he could, Mm -hmm. you know, to make this, it's like, no, he's kind of shitty. They're trying to say he's favoring Bischoff, but really it's like, was he, he was being a ref. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. It, it was very awkward. The whole thing was awkward. And I always hated watching Chris, I mean, Eric Bischoff do any of that like karate mm-hmm. shit, you know? Cause it's like, dude, come on. Like, even at this point, people knew that karate shit was nonsense, you know? So it was, and especially from a guy like Eric Bischoff, who's like, you know, one of those like uh, 
they call them like McDojos, where it's like you just go, you pay, you get a black belt, you go home, you know? And it's like, it's definitely like one of those type of martial mm-hmm. artists, you know? So they didn't have like any sense of believability. Going against Ledge, come on, bro. Ledge, you and he's 150, yeah. like 150 pounds, Bischoff, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's you just, know, it's, it's just it's all like of it don't. is just so silly, you know? It's like, so we had so Scott silly. Hall. Scott Hall was there to support Bish. And um, they're doing, like I said, NWO went one control of Nitro. So they're they're really trying their hardest to build this up as an important match. You have Bret Hart in there, but um, there was a there was a point where Bret decked Bischoff finally in Hall. Mm-hmm. Both <laughs> like Bret Bret just had enough randomly. It felt like and and then he just like randomly raised Larry Zabisco's hand and declared him the winner. And it would allow WCW to keep control. Yeah, of Nitro, he I guess. put him in the. Uh... He put him in the sharpshooter. He put Hall in the sharpshooter. And yeah, put Hall in the sharpshooter. Did you guys notice when Zabisco took the belt and wrapped it around Bischoff's neck, how Bischoff didn't react? Yes. Yeah. Well, and then it took him a minute to yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, you're choking me, you know? like. Well, to yeah, Ledge's, to Zabisco's credit, he didn't uh, cinch that in. But he was being no, a pro. Of course, yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. fucking yeah. sell it, Bischoff. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and also no, like absolutely. All this being said, the crowd was like into this shit. Yeah, because like yeah. they wanted to see Bischoff Eric get to get it. his yeah, ass yeah, kicked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like credit to him for that. But I mean, I think the biggest thing we take away from this is just the shit usage of Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, no Jesus doubt. Christ, man! Like, have him do an interview, anything else, you know? Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. We have to talk about one day uh, the rebook, the booking of his run here, and just try to come up with ideas that could have been better. It wouldn't. You know take us how long, I would. Re- but... You know how I would rebook him. I'd be like, "Hey Vince, I want to stay. <laughs> right, I'll take right. five hundred grand." Man, everything would have changed. Everything would have been different. You know, um, because look, I dude, mean, Brett honestly, comes in here. I don't think the WWF was big enough for him and Sean at that time. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. would have ended up. Well, Sean was going to be gone. Each other. Sean was gone in a couple of months anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows, right? right? But uh, it's true. It's the injury probably would have still happened. Yeah, because we just covered the bad blood, and it was Brett's um, sort of winding down. You know what I mean? And we mm-hmm. even said he felt out of place on that show where versus yep. the Patriot with Vader. It was a very weird blend of guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll definitely have to talk about how WCW could have used him better uh, eventually. Yeah. But. This wasn't good then or now. I feel like it was a waste of Brett. You're right, Duke. The crowd yeah. was invested. It was honestly a waste of Scott Hall. Um, yeah, it was a waste. I thought the same uh, thing. Like, this is the second or third time we've seen the student in the night, and like, mm-hmm. this is how we use Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. And I wonder too, because they had these weird contracts. Like, maybe right. this is night off. You know, mm-hmm. as far as in ring competition. So who knows? But. Yeah, strange stuff. Two point two point two out of ten for Brett alone. That's where yeah, I'm at with funny. it. What do you guys got? I gave it a solid one star out of five. <laughs> Woo! One out of five. Mm-hmm. Just I above Mark Marrow's match uh <laughs> with Butterbean, just because Okay, yeah, the fighters. Who wins? Yeah, Mark yeah, Marrow yeah. or Bischoff? Who's got the uh... <laughs> yeah? Well, Mark Marrow fucking knock oh, his block God. off. But yeah. uh but uh Butterbean yeah, or like, Bischoff. Mm, interesting tough tougher tougher choice but uh tougher. yeah one so one star because brett was in it and i'm a sucker for ledge so that's it yeah nice what do you got um to? average match 2.5 okay wow you even love uh you give it love 
for the crowd. Now, I guess. remember, they're, they're... remember now, this is just an average match. I don't think it was a drizzling shits. Yeah. Oh, really? I, think I, the do. Crowd, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think do the too. crowd. I think the crowd was into it. You know, like I, I like fair. Larry Zabisco, too. So yeah. I'm sure that probably has something to do with it. And, you know, That's you fair. get to see like some, I don't know, interesting interactions during it. So I didn't mm-hmm. hate it. Yeah. That's fair. Back to the DX pay-per-view. Two guys that were about to take Bret Hart's spot, I guess you could say, now that he was gone. Young years of their rivalry, the early years, the rise of both of these legends, Rock versus Austin, IC title. They showed the video package. Rock stole the IC title. That that uh storyline, man. We love it. Just steal the belt and walk around with it. Yeah. Um, so Rock, Rock would continue to the Rock would continue this for years. He did. He did. Uh, Rocky sucks chance in full effect as uh, as Rock comes out. Before the match, there was a little mini promo with Rock, who was – he had a very um, Elvis-like delivery still at this time. Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it was very – it wasn't the cool, cool, yeah, cool yeah. Rock. Mm-hmm. So he had a twang to his voice. It was yeah, yeah, for sure. He was still doing, like, a – you could tell he's still trying to, like, act out a character versus, mm-hmm. like, yes, feeling natural. Exactly. You know? Yep, yep. Exactly right. The Rocky Sucks chants were there. And then Austin Pop as he came out in a pickup truck. Yeah. The, the six thousand the crowd of six thousand <laughs> finally goes fucking nuts. And um it was an entrance, man. Uh these two guys seeing them mix it up early, it was pretty fun for a minute. Yeah. And then it became, you know, another raw segment, we'll call it, right? Mm-hmm. Duke. Farouk, uh, Farouk and, and all these guys were jumping Austin pre-match. Did you catch Farouk not punching Stone Cold, but Austin selling it? Please, no, no, if you no. go back and watch it. I I've never seen no. I've never seen further distance between no, that's funny. A, a punch and a guy selling a punch. It was a that's good, funny. no lie, like eight to ten inches. And uh, <laughs> Well, Ron Simmons is a smart dude, you know. He's, yeah. he's He's said to be stiff, but he knows uh, – he can't be stiff in the money makers. Mm-hmm. I did um really like the uh the lead up, the little video package that they showed. One of mm-hmm. my all-time favorite uh rock Austin things is when Rocky looks at his beeper. Austin says, When you see the 316, that's your ass, son. And he looks at his beeper and rock's eyes just yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'd that's love great. that. I'd love that segment. Um, and like you seem like you were kind of down on this match. Um a little bit, you know, because, you know, you said it was cool for a second. Um, Real quick, did you guys see the little the video beforehand and how Rock, I'm sorry, Stone Cold stunned each member of the nation? Did you guys catch that? Mm-hmm. Did oh, you yeah. see how Farouk sold that? I don't think I noticed. If you get a Stri- chance, if you care to, I mm-hmm. love how he sold the stunner. Like in a good was, way? Yeah, in oh, a okay. good way. Like it looked Did he go like straight it, down? It like no, uh, he like kind of. It was like he was choking. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. I think it's yeah, fun I'll, I'll look how that up. each person it should be sold. Like, sells it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really enjoyed that. But um, getting into the match, this is a match that I do remember from this mm-hmm. card because I remember the big D low back body drop uh, mm-hmm. breaking the windshield. The windshield. Yeah. yeah, iconic spot. Um, iconic spot. Yeah, sure. it is. And um. I actually enjoyed the shit out of this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I mean, I think that 
seeing these guys fight for the intercontinental title is fucking crazy yeah, quite frankly because like, of what it becomes right yeah, yeah i'm like i'm like wow like these dudes were at this point like mm -hmm. and especially after watching the main event of this show you're like how are these guys not in the main event yeah and like a few months later they were spoilers yeah. but i enjoyed the shit out of this match personally i i think they are i think that you can put and I'm not even like this huge Attitude Era fan. Yeah. I think the Rock Austin feud might be the greatest feud in the history of wrestling. I do feel that way. Like I co-sign. Obviously, that's my era. Mm -hmm. So like it's easier for me to co-sign. But I'm with you like on this match. Like I was very into it. Now, my overall grade isn't going to seem that awesome. But it's because the match is five minutes long. Exactly. You know that's what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. So like it's not going to be like this great graded match or anything, but like yep. I was into the five minutes we got, um, and like you said, seeing them fight for the IC title, and in my head, I'm like, this is the greatest. This is like the early days of the greatest rivalry of all time in pro yep. wrestling, in my opinion. So it's just cool to see like all these factors. Maybe like not on the day, I may not have loved everything as much, but like in, with historical context there and on like, and seeing what they become and how less mm -hmm. than a year later, this is the hottest fucking story in pro wrestling. I just enjoyed everything that I got out of it. Um, because like Tucci was mentioned earlier, how like the rock delivering lines, like, cause at least at this point, he was getting close. He was getting close to the rock. Everybody loved, yep. you know, like, cause those early days when he was doing like the rock stuff, it was kind of rough, almost kind of mm -hmm. like embarrassing. Like this guy's not going to fucking get over, but he was getting closer there. Austin was about to be the biggest shit in the business all around and like all that stuff. And they had a nice fun five minutes in there. I thought, so that is why yeah. like I, I came out of here pretty high and it's, uh, well, you came, it's you came awake there. I feel like yeah, for this exactly. show, right? Like you actually woke up a little bit mm -hmm. for the show, and uh, Stone and Jim Ross was pretty fucking. Oh woke yeah, yeah, for yeah. He was more like enthused with this calling this thing, coincidentally mm -hmm. for I guess Austin, but he was so um, good at putting it all over. It was more brawling. Austin fought the whole match in his vest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. You know, yeah, which I didn't love, but you know it's a brawl. Uh, people's yeah. elbow. Before it had all the pizzazz, the first, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. he does yeah, try to do true. him, but that's true. it was like sort of a uh, watered down people's elbow. Uh, Austin stunned the ref, but the camera missed it. Like, so <laughs> yeah. bad, the camera missed bad. a few things actually yeah. this night. Missed a few things. It was just like, um, I do love that D-Lo spot. I'm glad you mentioned that. That mm -hmm. was pretty epic. The, 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 uh, the truck being out there, the pickup truck being used mm -hmm. as like a, a vehicle, I guess you could say for all their mm -hmm. spots and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. The whole nation getting, you know, beat down by Austin, basically one man quick match, five minutes, 28 seconds. Screw we finish again, by the way, like, yeah, because nothing can be pretty much straightforward on this show, this DX show, everything's mm -hmm. screwy here. But seeing these two was fun. The early stage of the rivalry. I added a 4.3 out of 10 because it okay. is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be remembered as one of their top yeah. three or four yeah yeah for sure best matches would you guys have it i gave it a 2.5 out of 10 so like a five on john tucci scale so we're, we're in the same ballpark i did enjoy it and all i just it's so short that i can't act yeah. like it's you know mm -hmm. what i mean like such a great matchup it's five minutes but you know i but, did enjoy the segment but but let me ask you this mm -hmm. if it's five minutes of good or mm -hmm. 15 minutes of you know like oh yeah mediocre, for sure. you know yeah. what i'm saying so mm -hmm. like 
I crowned the shit out of this match, personally. Mm -hmm. This is my highest rated match of the show at a 3.5 rating. Oh, nice. I enjoyed it, man. Like, this... Because you get all of it, it, right? You get this nostalgia pop. Listen, man, like, if you have my attention, especially, we all have ADHD, man. We're always multitasking in 2022. Unless we make a conscious effort to like put our phone down, yeah, and look at close our computer, stop working, whatever the fuck we're doing that's so important in that moment. This had my attention, man. Yeah, for the seven minutes, you know, from the video little package to the end, I dug it, and like it was nonstop. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm not this huge attitude era fan, but like (laughs) they had me, so I enjoyed it. Sure, good. All right, well, I think. It was, if anyone's going to go back and watch this show, um, you know, if you want to see Rock and Austin in their infancy of their superstardom, it's mm-hmm. cool to get this. Like you said, Duke, it's five and a half minutes of action packed Rock and Austin. And then if you want more, fun. watch Raw the next day because they fought again. So the DX main event, here we <clears> are. <throat> you said it was all about Shawn Michaels, and it really was because I feel like uh, this show is constructed around making him look strong enough until we get to the finish we'll talk about it but ken shamrock versus hbk Shawn michaels for the wwf title the build was typical dx stuff they showed a lot of the comedy um leading into the match not taking shamrock's ankle lock seriously <laughs> did you guys see are you yeah, serious yeah. bro did you see the training he went through yeah triple h bro <laughs> Tra- twisting his ankle up yeah that was i crazy. mean that's true he did wrench that thing um but a little production note that I liked that they did here for the WWF, who was pretty shitty in production at this point, but <clears throat> I liked the pre-match promo with Shawn Michaels and then following them to their. I love that curtain. Not cool. Yep. And the yeah, they did it with Shamrock too. Yeah, I love that. So they turned it on for the main event. They suddenly were uh, taking shit seriously here on this show. You know what I mean? And on paper, this match seems like it would be really, really good. And I think, no spoilers, I think it was really good. But it wasn't wasn't great. And Mm. that's where we get into a different conversation. Cocky, arrogant, Sean. I always like this, Sean. Where where are you guys at on this match? This, uh, I guess, random sort of pairing. Because Ken Shamrock getting this title shot was very sudden after Brett's departure, I guess. Yep. <clears throat> so where are you guys on that? So I like Shamrock overall as a pro wrestler. Uh, I was always, I was always kind of into him and I liked that. I bought into the world's most dangerous man, you know, and I felt like he was dangerous in there and he would fuck guys up. So going into this match, like, I haven't, you know, I did see this match, you know, before, but like, it's been years. So I was like, all right, you know, this will be a good match. Sean's always in good matches. And I think Shamrock is, I guess, um, I don't know if he's underrated. You know, I think people rate him properly, properly, but like, I feel like he was better than people give him credit for. So I thought, okay, this will be fun. And I thought it was uh, another, you know, night of like, this is a solid matchup. As far as I was concerned, I, I wasn't blown away, especially for Shawn Michaels. But like for Shawn Michaels match, but the ending, you know, it's like it's always the same shit with this whole card. It's like the the ending like takes Mm -hmm. me so completely out of it that I'm just like, "Ah," you know, like, okay, like, obviously, we know who wins and who doesn't, you know, or we know that 
Ken Shamrock is never a world champion, at least at this level, right? But uh, actually, uh, former NWA world. That's what I champion. said at this level. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, for Sean, like I don't think it's as great of a performance from him for a guy who I, you know, you all know I hate on him, but like I think he has good fucking matches. You know, like typically, obviously, he can make everybody, and I just feel like he had too much stroke at this time, and it kind of looked like it. You know, like to me, it felt like lazy for Shawn Michaels, so lazy. Hmm. Um, hmm. I was, it took me. I, I was not into like a lot of it, like I like I thought I'd be. Um, I feel like they did like they made. I feel like it, I came out of there feeling like Shamrock wasn't quite as badass. You know what I mean? Like as I thought he was. You know, like watching this mm-hmm. matchup, which I think is maybe the opposite of what you want. You want Sean to win, but like you want. I I this my impression of it. I felt I came out of there just like uh, and it made Shamrock. It kind of ended Shamrock for me. Like if I'm looking at it like in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, it kills him as a top top guy to me. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just I wasn't overly into it. Doesn't mean it's bad. I thought it was solid, especially for this show. Um, I have it tied for like my second highest rated match on the sh- on the card. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't hate it at all, but I just I think I I went in there thinking like, well, at least this main event's gonna be a banger, <clears throat> and it wasn't quite banger level for me. Interesting, Duke. I think um, Shawn Michaels was in tip top shape here, crisp. I think he looked good, and he I thought he brought a lot out in Shamrock, but the crowd I don't think was behind Shamrock and that might have been why the maybe. match yeah, you know, didn't maybe. go to another level. It was a kind of like uh it was just kind of like the build was too short maybe. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this match Duke like out of nowhere? It's funny listening to you guys because I thought that you might feel the same way that I do on certain things on this match and it doesn't seem like you guys do. Um I was super intrigued by, we talked about it earlier, you know, like the two guys that you don't see normally together, like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool, like Ken Shamrock and Shawn Michaels. And Shawn can have great matches with anybody, you know, we've seen it. Um, Excuse me. And I agree with Frank, too. Like, I think that Shamrock is kind of, like, underrated. I think he's one of the rare, like, MMA guys that actually – like he caught on the wrestling pretty well. I thought like he mm-hmm. was doing Frankensteiners and doing like, uh, you know, like the jumping calf kicks and stuff like that. But <clears throat> excuse me in the match. I felt like Sean was visibly like not himself. I feel like he looked like in shape. Yes. But I felt like he looked like he was fucked up for lack of a better term. Like he was like kind of sweaty, just like he was um in that promo when he was getting his leg twisted. If you look, like he's oh really he was sweaty, messed up there. You know, he like, was on pilled up um, there. Yeah. And uh I think also I think Ken Shamrock looked bad in this match because he's not used to going this long. I thought mm-hmm. that he was Maybe, yeah. visibly winded in the mm-hmm. match. And I think it was probably a wake up call, like, yo, man, this might be fixed, but like this shit's still like an athletic competition, you know, and uh, it fell short of what I thought it could be. And this, and Mm -hmm. I think John too, you're such a Shawn Michaels fan that you might be looking at it through like your Shawn Michaels heart sunglasses, because like, (laughs) I don't think, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful to you. I just think like your love is kind of like clouding your, if you look at it again, like 
he didn't look so good and he was hurt here too you can see him like he he's favoring his back in this match if you notice like he's like kind of bending down weird if you look um so i thought it could have been cool i was super intrigued by the matchup but overall i didn't think it delivered hmm. interesting triple h and china were ringside and mm. they did get involved a lot and that's more of this you know more the same from the rest of the show but um <clears throat> I'm I'm not seeing it like that only because I feel like Shawn Michaels was carrying Shamrock for a lot Absolute, of this. Absolutely, he was. You know what I mean? And this like, this shows too that a 75% Shawn Michaels is better than that entire roster at that time, probably besides Rock and Austin. Mm-hmm. But like, that was my look, point. Yeah, no, say. for sure, dude, for sure. And again, in incredible shape. Like he's in great shape, but he looks. He looks sick to me in this match and hurt. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny. You see, like Duke, Duke yeah. felt like he looked sick and made and hurt, and I just felt like he looked like a guy who like doesn't have to do the shit because he's the guy. You know what I mean? Like that's bored, how I, you think he looked bored. Yeah, that's how I took it. It's sort of like, oh well, I just had a match with fucking Undertaker. You know what I mean? And this and that. Now I'm fighting this green Ken mm-hmm. Shamrock guy who they're acting like he could. But you know what I mean? I just felt that attitude. It just felt like a guy with all the stroke having to go to work. You know, and it just happened to be a pay-per-view main event. <laughs> yeah, it did. With that, with that being said, I feel like Sean was better than anybody on the show by a mile still. Like, 100%. And, and that says a lot. And there was that outside spot from the top rope on the sham, Shamrock, which was pretty <clears throat> damn stiff. I don't know if you caught that. It landed on Shamrock's the, uh, shoulder. The flying body press. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Very stiff. But HB, HBK owned most of this match. And I thought they had pretty decent chemistry. I would say it's one of Shamrock's most memorable matches from his run we won't get to the finish yet because i think that's what the problem is the finish and the crowd like they just weren't there for this man and you mentioned the duke shamrock like his natural ability with the hurricane yep. rana a crisp mm-hmm. power slam um there was a spot where Sh- uh, sean did like a, a crucifix that didn't quite make it and shamrock reversed it into like this pinning combination yeah there was a, another moment i had to mention when shamrock Sean throws him into the ropes and the ropes top yep. rope snaps his head. Yep. Never even seen that before. It was mm-hmm. well, weird. That's because you're not hitting the ropes right, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. It was you weird. Know, like I think got he fucked is up. he's visibly tired in this match. Mm-hmm. You know, I think at the end he finally likes kicks it in the gear. You know, they do like, kick it um, into gear. They really yeah, do. But there's some but sequences. Overall, yeah, I think I think Sean carried him. But I still think Sean was like 75% there, you know. You might be right, but they you're right because they they did kick into another gear. There were sequences that were really good, and then they would do like these rest holds, and then it was a sequence, and there was one where Sean went for a Hurricane Rana and Shamrock reversed into like a sit-down power bomb, which was yeah. very nice. Yep. Um, you know, I'm going through the match little by little, but uh Sean hit the big top rope elbow drop at one point. I think the crowd did finally wake up. They believed Shamrock could win when he locked in that ankle lock. Yeah. But unfortunately, it only lasted about 1.8 seconds because Triple H and China hit the ring, causing a DQ. Um, it was very and, cheap. Yeah, and very like cheap. with that DQ, DQ, and with that DQ too, it's another one like that bothers me. It's sort of because like, <laughs> like they just he gets in danger and they just go in and they're okay, like fuck this match. Yeah. It's like, then why not fuck the match 15 minutes ago? You know what right. I mean? Like, you guys are there. You know, like I, if it's if it's that Because Earl simple. kept ignoring. Earl Hebner yeah, kept, yeah. like, 
conveniently ignoring this referee that was like right in front of him. It was kind of silly after a while. Yeah. Did, didn't you think it was like too much interference with this match? Like the same yeah, shit. Yeah, like yeah. they just China and Triple H just kept doing this. Yeah, same this thing I think him. this was the worst though. Cause like Frank said, like just jump in immediately then. Why yeah, are you even yeah. trying to why yeah. are you even trying? Like yeah, exactly. if you All know right. you can retain right, the title right. by DQ, just go ahead and mm-hmm. hit them and then we'll go get some dinner, you know? Like that's yeah, it was corny. Funny. Like he, they just jump in the ring, and that's yeah. that. Yeah, like, just yeah. fuck them up. Really like, all right, yeah. And like, and I, I get once it. again, go ahead. You yeah. don't want to, you know, you want to keep Shamrock looking strong. Yeah. However, I don't think he did. I think that mm-hmm. he failed. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he had his main mm-hmm. event spot, and I think he failed. I think he looked tired. Um, you know, I think that he wasn't in the shape to hang with Sean. It should have been shorter. You know, like. Give Rock and Austin yeah. some fucking time I know. and cut Get this those shit, guys five you know? more like, minutes. Cut this yeah, three but, minutes. Add two minutes to somebody yeah, else. We talked gonna... about it though. This was Sean, man. This was yeah. Sean's show, and we're just this eighteen is his minutes, world and we're living in it. Eighteen minutes, twenty-seven seconds. Maybe on a show you didn't have three other fucking disqualifications you can get away with a main event yeah. DQ, yeah. but I don't ever think you should do that in a main event on a pay per view, but um unless it's really really advancing a story and we could say maybe this kind of did but it didn't even happen until after nope. the dq happened so, and then yeah. it did it because nothing even came of this. <laughs> exactly and that's a whole other story because post-match yep. they're they're beating down <clears throat> pen shamrock dx's yeah. owen hart comes out of nowhere the nugget <laughs> and dude there's a table broken camera missed that whole thing. Like there's yep. just yeah. there's a lot of like shit show going on here. And Shawn Michaels is getting beat down by Owen Hart. who looked cool as shit. Looked tough as shit. They did. Um, the, the shots were stiff too. They looked good. Oh yeah. He Very was nice like punches. poking his eyes in. Like mm-hmm. he was really like, and Sean, you know, got some juice from it. So, but yep. I it never, it never the... came to be. Yeah, did you guys catch like how Jr. kept saying how he was in like an an insane asylum? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he said oh, that oh, numerous and... times, and I wonder if like they were planning to have this dude like mm-hmm. be like crazy, come crazy. back as yeah. And like I was like, geez, thank the God, loose, the new didn't... loose cannon. Oh, yeah, like no, yeah. thank you, because yeah. you know how awkward would that be? Like, well, dude, you know, anything would have been scenes with Owen and a fucking insane asylum, you know. Yeah, anything might have been better than the fact that they didn't even fucking do anything with him. Basically, with after this, right? Nope. Like it, it led well, he, nowhere. He jobbed a hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they immediately put him in a hunter program going into Boston, into the Mania 14 in Boston. But yeah, man, um, this match just to wrap it up on this match and the show for the athleticism, Deshaun Michaels. I think he was still, like I said, eons above other guys on the show. Got Shamrock through a good match. I got it as a 5.5 out of 10. I'm not crowning it. I just think mm-hmm. it was like a nice match that the finish was brutal. Crowd was brutal. So that's why I got 5.5 for the main event. What do you yeah, guys I gave, got? I gave the main event a 2.5 out of 10. I mean, out of five, okay. sorry, not out of 10. Yeah, yeah, out of five. So it was like average. I mean, like I said, I didn't hate it. I was a little mm-hmm. harsh, but like I didn't hate it. It was just I expect more from, I guess, Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels matches. Even in my personal opinion, um, Shamrock, you know what I mean? Like, I just expect a little. I, I've always thought of him as way cooler than I felt like he came out in this match. Not a big deal. It was it was solid C- compared to the rest of this card. I mean, it's easy. Right. Top two or three matches 
Um, it's, it's and according to my rating, it's tied for second with the Stone Cold and the Rock match behind, obviously, the all time classic of Brian Christopher and Tyler. <laughs> right. So, uh, figure. yeah, so but, uh, you know, but like, you know, I didn't think it was terrible or anything. I just thought it was average, you know, and I expect a little more from HBK typically. Yeah. And Shamrock would still, uh, he would never get a shot at the WWF title again. Definitely not on pay per view. Nope. But uh, he would go on the feud with The Rock, the IC title, mm-hmm. King of the Ring, stuff like that. So yep. he still got some chances to shine. Duke, what'd you think of this match overall with a rating? Yeah. I mean, um, I think I covered it as far as like my thoughts on it. Um, I'd like for you guys to. If you get a chance to ever rewatch it, I'd like to revisit that and see if you guys catch what I caught because I certainly felt like Sean was injured mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was like just not in the right, <clears throat> excuse me, state that he normally is. That being said, he still carried Shamrock a hundred percent, you know. Um, and overall, I still gave it a three out of five because. Mm-hmm. Okay. I still think, you know, Shawn Michaels at 75% is better than most guys at 100. So, mm-hmm. so I definitely my... agree with you. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was my second highest rated match. My highest rated match goes to Rock and Austin, believe mm-hmm. it or not. That there little, six a fun little jam. piece of business. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I do think Shawn was messed up in a lot of those vignettes and stuff like that. This night, I didn't catch that. And I watched this match pretty intently. I was like pretty stoked on it. I'll I'll mm-hmm. try to take the HBK shades off for sure next time and see. And if... like watch him like favoring his back too. Mm, I will. Like even yeah, that so... elbow wasn't the same. His elbow is beautiful and it wasn't it wasn't and the I was, same. I was gonna ask you guys about that. I, I thought his elbow still looked great. You know, I, I mean, love I love his elbow, love his but elbow. it just it didn't it didn't look right to me. Mm-hmm. Well, well, let's let's um let's leave our rating for the show off for a second and f- cover the final uh match on Starcade '97, the main event Starcade '97. After all the build, Sting being away for so long, um, finally coming back as the savior to WCW. We got Sting versus Hulk Hogan, WCW title. Michael Michael Buffer on the call to make it feel even bigger, doing the intros. Um, Amazing entrance for Sting with the voiceover from the little kid. It was cool. It was uh the whole package was awesome. The entrance of Sting. Hogan and Sting finally gonna touch after that super long build, and the crowd was super into it. Um, and Sting right off the bat looked in great shape, got crazy height on his drop kicks. I mean, he <clears> was <throat> back before we get into the details of the match. Duke, you were a stinger through and through he was gone for a while well yeah you are a stinger but when he came back here for this um this return like obviously they you knew how he was gonna how he's gonna look and all that stuff but did you feel like oh he might not have it anymore like oh shit like maybe sting's done did you did you expect this sting to come back real quick did they both have eight matches yeah Wow, mm-hmm. that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting the the parallels, you know, like right. really weird. Yeah, um, a lot of parallels. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a known stinger, one of my all time top ten guys. Um, I wasn't worried about like you know 
if he was going to come back and be in shape because Stinger was always in shape. You know, you can say what you want about him, but he was always kind of a body guy. Never like a Luger type dude, but he was always in good shape, I felt, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So and also, you know, the storyline, like you were so hyped for this finally to happen, like for guys to be in a feud and not ever have a match like in a year, you know, like that's pretty incredible, honestly, you know, like nowadays, like that could never happen, you know, Mm -hmm. now now guys feud for they have two pay-per-view matches and they're, you know, people are like over it already, you know, like I loved Seth and Cody's feud, for example, like I'd watch them fight for six months. Like I thought they had cool interactions and stuff like that. But, um, no, I was super stoked going into this match. Um, and yeah, I was a full blown stinger. So Mm -hmm. I know you, well, you might get that now with like punk being off TV for eight or nine months. And then they're going to um, build to his return mm-hmm. to take out one Maxwell Jacob Freeman, perhaps. What I, love who, I guess you, Kenny Omega, yes, right? Maybe. Kenny Omega. That's what I love about I guess you, John. Boy, you're a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Build that hope. I'm, I'm dreaming with him on this one. I mean, Seriously. I'm with you, too. <laughs> I want Kenny Omega. Give me Kenny Omega for CM Punk for the world title. Dude, up. like. Take my money. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like. Come on. Yo, you and guys while we're on the, the topic. Business that can be made. Yeah, right. While we're on the topic, I need to understand what is the big show for AEW? Like, what are we building to? Is it Revolution? That's the or is one, it right? Double or Double Nothing? Or I nothing mean, I mean, like, their, what's the mania? What's like, their what mania? Calling, what are we calling? I want them to get a big fucking show, like a big yeah, 50,000 person mega show. I know all in due time, but look, man. Do you think, though, do you think they could do that? Do you think they could sell out a 50,000? Do you? Not fifty, maybe mm. forty, thirty. Yeah. I, don't I don't even think so. I think yeah, I think they could do so like either. a I think they could do like a twenty five thousand seater for like their biggest show ever, maybe. Like, or if you're in the UK, I think you could sell maybe thirty thousand tickets in a UK. Like he's talking about going going to uh, Craven Cottage or whatever they fuck to call the Fulham Arena, you know, for mm-hmm. a UK mm-hmm. show. And I think they'll sell really well there. I think they'll do whatever that building holds. But I don't think they could do fifty k yet. You know, I don't. Well, how like so WrestleMania three, he was packing seventy thousand. I mean, it's different time, different place. But like, how many years you think do you think WrestleMania three was ninety three thousand or ninety three thousand? Yeah, yeah so and then WrestleMania can... fifteen was like thirteen thousand. Right, right. No, yeah. I know. You know what I mean. So I'm just wondering if he'll take a chance on a huge show. You know, because mm-hmm. we're three years in, and I'm just saying, I want that Punk versus Omega fucking yeah. pack a house. Give me a stadium show. He can do the Jacksonville arena. See how that <laughs> sells. Anyway, a year later, Stinger's back. Hogan mm-hmm. played the whiny heel pretty good, begging off. Yeah. It was great. Um, Sting, no soul to suplex, fired up on Hulk. Hogan kept cutting him off. There was a lot of like uh, outside Stinger splash, missed. He hit the gate. So Sting was getting beaten down pretty good. Mm hmm. I noticed a lot of photographers around this ring. And that was one thing I noticed. Like I miss those flash photography yeah, guys, yeah, like yeah, making yeah. these matches feel yeah. big. That mm-hmm. shit was cool. This match it's felt also, big. It's also like a, an interaction that you can have too. Like Hogan, like kicks at one of the cameramen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, exactly. it's like another yeah, you know, other element. Layer, layer yeah. You know, that they the can match. introduce to it. So, and you said it yeah. feels like a big event, dude, it was a big event. It was the biggest fucking matchup you can make in wrestling you know what i mean and probably the biggest matchup in several years right because like what would be like a 
bigger matchup previously that was going on like feud wise and stuff like that. Like I don't know that there's one big WCW no, or for wrestling. I'm just talking about wrestling. So I WWF included, but I think it's fair to say that this is certainly the biggest match in WCW's history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I definitely. think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that says a lot. I, you know what I mean? Like I think it's up there. So we'll get into it, but like obviously the way everything goes down here is heard it uh like legacy wise but like if it goes if everything goes smooth and it's you know like this great finish and all that i think we're talking about this the way we talk about like warrior hogan mm-hmm. you know what i mean or andre hogan like of that stature of importance you know what i mean um maybe not not going to be as good as like a macho man steamboat or something like that right but it was going to be like so huge such an event yep but well, I want to know what it would take to make us feel that way because so what happened was Hogan. I mean, look, this match was 12 minutes 50 seconds, so it wasn't super long. I mean, I covered some of the details of the of the, the action in the ring, but it really wasn't a very long match. Mm-mm. Hogan got the one, two, three after a, a very out of nowhere leg drop, and the match appeared to be over. But Bret Hart came out and he was telling the timekeeper not to ring the bell saying he doesn't want another screw job finish. Did well, hold on. Say- Let me cut you off, John, because yeah, you said yeah, yeah. Hogan got the leg drop, but it was after a fast count. But that's <laughs> what I that- want to know. <laughs> no, I know. I'm only joking. I'm only fucking with you because, like, the fast count that never happened. Yeah. You know, that- yep. Well, no. So, does this turn out to be an angle, or was this fast count just supposed to be a fast count? He didn't count fast enough. No, it was supposed to be a fast count, dog. Like the the way that's where I got fucked up here. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean that's where everybody gets fucked up because it's such a mess. They Hogan hits the leg drop, like you said, out of nowhere, and all of a sudden he gets a one, two, three, and the crowd goes, "Hold on, time out." Did he just pin Sting in ten minutes or whatever after this whole year build? And then Bret Hart, yeah, and you know, and we know we love Bret, but like he wasn't always the best at like. You put him under the Selling gun and put something. a mic in his face, yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he's like, I'm not gonna let and then he goes, I'm not they're not even looking at him. He's like, I'm not gonna let it happen again. And people are like, What? He just pinned him clean. It was a one, two, three. Did you like, see? Did you see what he actually said to who was it? The timekeeper, I think. Yeah, he, say? he said, I he don't said, want others. No, that's not what he said. He's like, he said something along the lines of, I can't let it go down, brother. Yeah, he, he said, said brother. Yeah, he yeah, says yeah, brother. Funny. Really? It was like such oh, that's a great. Like that's so not Brett, you know, that's yeah, such yeah, like yeah. wrestler talk. And he said something along those lines, like it's not going down like that, brother, or something like that. That's so fucking great. So Brett as <clears throat> what was what was his uh title in this match? Like an enforcer or like the what it was what the fuck no, was No, he wasn't he no, wasn't involved nothing, in bro. this match. Yeah, okay. at all. So like yeah, it's so because like... he was a referee for the night. Oh, so he had yeah. that stroke. I get yeah, it. I get it. Yes, I would. Yeah. So like, yeah. So so Bret Hart decides to restart the match, and like immediately Stinger puts him in like a in the sharpshooter. I don't care what he well, calls he, it. He, first he he <laughs> Stinger splashed him and almost yeah. fucking went over the top rope. Yeah, I remember. Great and then splash, he did yeah. another Stinger splash yeah. and was gingerly about it because he didn't want to eat <laughs> shit this time. <laughs> Yeah, so like Dude, he puts it him was in the scorpion deathlock and fucking Brett, he I guess he taps, you know, and it's like okay. But well, before Hogan he does that, he does real yeah. quick. Come on, Hogan did yeah. submit. He's yeah, he's yeah. okay. After he won, lose. after he won. But bro, <laughs> fast like, count, brother. The match you can't let it match, go down like that, brother. <laughs> it did continue. The match did continue because I got to mention this real quick. Brett was now the referee. We don't know why, yeah, but yeah, the NWO yeah. came out and was attacking Sting, and Brett just kind of. How stood are you guys there. not following this? What do you mean? I know. Like right? Brett, she literally forced her for the there. night. 
But yo, he, Bret Hart watched as these NWO. He did. So like, it was weird, man. Yeah, and I super watched the the Nick Patrick count because I was like, wait, I guess I didn't remember this was supposed to be a fast count, like the whole mm-hmm. controversy, and it was clearly not a fast count. So yeah. have I was even talked more about this and said it was supposed to be a fast count? So that a, a lot of guys uh, i heard i read that nick patrick i don't know if he was on a podcast or something said he was getting told different things by different camps okay so, because i don't believe that it was supposed to be a fast count yeah he said that he was told it was going to be a fast count by one group and then another group said no we're changing it so a lot of the speculation i think goes in because then even eric bischoff said what did bischoff say bischoff said something like sting was just out of it for the last like several months, he was just showing up and he was doing his job good, but like he didn't care. And then he's like, we had our last meeting and we were like, no, we can't have this happen. You know what I mean? And like, that's what Eric Bischoff claims. So like they changed the ending, but mm. Nick Patrick, I, I've heard Sting even say like Sting even said he kind of hints that like Hogan changed it. You know what I mean? Like on him, like last second, Nick Patrick yeah. hints that he was told to fast count and told not to fast count. I wouldn't be shocked if something like, Ho- this is all speculation because we'll never yeah, yeah. know the fucking sure. truth but like i feel like nick patrick got <laughs> put in a hard spot like a lot how like earl hebner you know he tells the story of like how what's he gonna do right before going out there and screwing yeah. brett you know what i mean nah, like, nah fuck earl hebner yeah i know yeah i know how you I'm feel about him, but, yeah i know you feel about <laughs> him, but but like i feel like i wouldn't even be shocked if in there hogan goes no fast count brother you know what i mean i and absolutely agree and what is nick patrick gonna do like fast yeah, count sure. him and then hogan yep. fucking bar- he's he's out of a job you Fires know him. Like, yeah yeah exactly so like i think that's kind of probably what happened hogan made the executive decision he had creative control bischoff you know is gonna do whatever hogan fucking wants and it made the whole thing feel stupid you know and it yep. undermined sting took his moment away from him kind of it made bret hart look stupid too because yeah, why are you coming but, out to like everybody but hogan. Wrong. it made everybody yep. but hogan look stupid hogan looks like he got fucked because yep. he, he won the match yep that's interesting because it really puts brett in a in a weird spot he's debuting right and he's supposed <clears throat> oh, to yeah. come out to to like right the wrong this travesty mm-hmm. which wasn't a travesty so if hogan no, told yeah. him to just count slow brother count nice and normal <laughs> then brett what? screw jobbed hogan <laughs> yeah i mean you know what I mean? Like, if you think about it it's so, just so Frank, weird man you mentioned like how this could have been like a warrior hogan you know mm-hmm. macho warrior you know one of those matches yeah. that could end up like being great just because of like who's involved and yeah. like the storyline etc and you know why that doesn't happen it's because of fucking politics it's mm-hmm. because these guys have creative control and listen, I'm a known Hulkamaniac, man. Yeah. But come on, dude. You can't be the booker, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and book yourself to look strong while you're hurting like the hottest property in your company, mm. which was Sting at the time, you know? For sure. And like so do you equally think... using Bret Hart as a fucking referee because you're jealous or scared. Yeah, that he's gonna take your spot, dude. Mm-hmm. You're telling me Hogan and Brett wouldn't have drawn money. I know. Imagine Come on again, like look past your ego, man. Like, good grief. But we see it now, even in like in WWE or AEW. It's like, um, you know, when it comes time to the main events, to the big pay-per-view main events, sometimes they fall short. This one, I do once again feel like it fell short. And I, I oh. did ask, like, how could it be? 
how can it make us feel like macho Hogan or warrior Hogan or whatever? And I just, I think it has a lot to do with definitely the booking, definitely the politics, but there's something about um, WCW's main events. Their endings are always just so like so much of a letdown. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. I, I I've ne- I've yet to watch the WCW pay-per-view where I go <laughs> off the air feeling like I just watched some kind of, um, Greatest night in the history of our sport. Yeah, like Shivani yeah, yeah. Watch, uh, watch Wrestle War 89. Yeah, like that's what I was going to say too. Like not necessarily that show, but like watch older shows, like pre-NWO right. shows, you know, yep. or pre these like crazy contracts that guys were given and stroke that guys had, you know. Um, You watch that stuff and you get better like wrestling match endings yep. you know, versus yeah. Schmaz after Schmaz. And even though this wasn't going to be it wasn't meant to be a schmozzy as schmozzy as it was you know like it just Jeez. it's a and shame like, man because i i would i know how this show ends i've seen this match a dozen times and i it started up and i got hyped again you know mm-hmm. I'm, getting, I'm like i'm like fuck sting and hogan this shit was so cool and then you see it and it's always so shocking to me because it's like bro how did you fuck this up yeah, so yeah. badly yep. you know like this was I remember being a kid in Puerto Rico, the neighbors had like the hot box, you know? So like, I would watch like the pay-per-view previews of Sting in the rafters. And I was like, oh my God, like I was so hyped <laughs> waiting for this matchup to happen. Like, this is going to be the sickest shit. All I cared about, I would watch the same video packages that they played on like the pay-per-view <laughs> channel over and over and over again, waiting for this event to happen. Yeah. And then it happens and you just go like, hmm. Even, I remember even as a kid, like kind of like, it ended and I was just like, huh? And I'm kind of forgetting about it. And like, and I was like, as hyped as I was for that match, it was kind of like a memory, like almost right away. Like it doesn't, it didn't, it didn't even hold up then, mm. let alone now after all these years. It's a shame because like, I still watch this wanting it to something different to happen. And so I was like, oh, that's a regular ass count that he just beat Sting with, you know? Like, <laughs> you know it kills right. me. Yeah, so I Sting mean, was. Even- and Let me just like, say, Sting, yeah. Sting is the new world champion. That, yes. that that's that, when all said and done, Sting's the new WCW champion after all that, and mm-hmm. all the WCW guys came out to celebrate with Sting, which was emotional, sort of. It was cool, like Sting had emotion on his face. It was a cool ass way to celebrate the big victory. It's just not after so much of a like hard fought battle. It didn't feel yeah, like yeah. he mm-hmm. went through adversity. It was more just like all we could think about was was that a fast count? Was it supposed yeah. to be a fast count? So, but go ahead, dude. Um, real quick about like the kind of schmoz finishes, like they even did that in the NWA and like early WCW, yeah. like the known dusty finish. Yeah, the dusty finish. But like mm-hmm. they were more like, you know, two guys, you know, the big back body, I'm sorry, back suplex and both their shoulders are down or yeah, like, yeah, shit like one, that. Yeah. two, and then the bell rings because the time limit. So like it's different than when you fucking clearly have your top guy get pinned, you know, in the middle of the ring. And like, there's Mm -hmm. just no, it doesn't make any sense. You know, that being said about the match, like we all know the ending of this match and that's why it's not like an all time great, but rewatching it, I do still like enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I think Hogan's fucking hilarious in it. Mm -hmm. Like his like, like and he's like you know he goes outside and he's fucking with the crowd like i think he's really funny and stuff so like i still enjoy it but it's not for the reasons that i should i guess yeah you know like it's not this like serious like like john said this battle you know and um 
Sting's out of shape for sure right. in this. Well, like he, yeah, maybe not early that he's on he like good, not but. that he looks fat or flabby, but he he doesn't have his wind. You know, he hasn't mm-hmm. wrestled for a year. Like that happens. It's like they say about you know, you can practice all you want, but you're not going to be in game shape until you're in the game. You know, and like I right, thought that right, he right. clearly looked out of shape, but. I still enjoyed the match and the celebration I thought was still cool, you know, like seeing all those dudes together, like Mm -hmm. finally, like we got Nitro back, we got the U S title and now we have the world title. Right. But Sting holding that fucking belt upside down. Oh gosh. How do the 40 people in that ring not tell him that? Well, Brett, first of all, tried to hand him the title for about five minutes before he took it. And actually acknowledged that he won the title, but but he yeah, was when he busy giving it, hugs. He jumped into the giant's arms. Yeah, he was celebrating, pal. Um, really quick, Bischoff on this whole deal. I got a little quote here from him. He said it wasn't Hulk Hogan working a gimmick with Nick Patrick. It wasn't any of that. It was just poor communication. Maybe an agent told Nick Patrick something. But it still irks me to have to sit here and listen to people insinuate this narrative that it was Hulk Hogan's plan to protect himself. I would have, I should have fired Nick Patrick on the spot. So Bischoff is sort of um, saying that it was just Nick Patrick's fault. Blaming the guy with no stroke, right? Like blaming the guy you, it's easy to blame. And Mm -hmm. the thing about it too, like, I don't, I don't know, remember which one of you guys said, like, you weren't sure if it was supposed to be a fast counter. They like, they said it was a fast count on Nitro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Duke, Duke. Yeah. 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 I, like I, they, Duke, they, you they, said you didn't know if it was supposed well, to be. Well, I'm saying mm. it might, it might have, should have been, but okay. Hogan was like, look, brother. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're yeah, yeah, agreeing, yeah. I think, on mm, that. Okay. Part, got you. Know? Got you. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you thought like it wasn't meant to no, be. No, no, no. I think, yeah. sure, it was supposed to be until. Yeah. You know, Hulster was like, hey, Nick, let me talk to you, brother. Yeah, exactly. Well, some, you know? sometimes the politics <clears throat> shit, like we don't know the truth or whatever. Like if this person did that or uh, yeah, like if this is if this is true and like Hogan was like count slow. So I don't look so I look mm-hmm. good when then he that really is fucking up the business. Like that's literally Absolutely. you're not helping. Anyone well, with that. listen, man, anyone. I love Hogan, but he absolutely played that shit. That's why Brett wasn't successful there, man. Yeah, Come yeah. on. You can't tell me from the any... first night, bro. First you can't night. tell me anything different that it wasn't Hulk Hogan. You know, like you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I Horrible. agree. Such and a bad like, thing. Here's that's the, the first thing, night like, for Bret Hart. Because I feel like it's unfair how people criticize Eric Bischoff. I feel like he gets a lot of fucking shit, you know, but this is one of those things where he should get the shit. If you want to be the boss, you got to be the boss, dude. I've been a boss. And when shit goes wrong, you know whose ass it was every time? It was my fault. Yeah. So, like, if you want to be the head of WCW, you have to deal with it. And, like, say what you want about Vince. Vince always took that shit on the chin. Vince always said, it's my fault. As soon as a screw job happened, it's my fault. You know, (laughs) like, so, like, say what you... No, he did. But <laughs> but he said like in real life though, no, like no, no, it was on like, him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like for sure. And like Bischoff, I've love for Bischoff. I think he did a lot of good, but I think he probably was like 50-50, man. And I think that mm-hmm. this shows yeah. a big blunder, you know, like numerous times throughout this night. Um yeah. and again I've heard Bischoff uh, like multiple times 
on his podcast talk about i still don't know what even what he did like as mm-hmm. a job like I, I know he's like the press there he always talks about yeah i really didn't have anything to do with that or oh i, I really wasn't there that yeah, day. Or, yeah yeah so like i don't really even know unless it was good that's yeah unless it was good but like sure and i love i really do like bischoff in, in a lot of ways but with the hogan thing i just think hogan was he just basically overpowered mm-hmm. bischoff in anything but if you're the boss yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You got to say, hey, Terry. Sorry, bud. Yeah, this is Terry, how it's we're going to go down, 20 pal. minutes here. You're going to get a lot of near falls on stage. Yeah, you're going to bleed. You're going to make it seem like, you know, we're going to. And you're going to put over the hottest wrestler that we have, yes. because that's what's good for our product. Business, yeah, dude. You know, that's, like it's good for business, period. You know sure. what I mean? Like the whole yeah. business as a and, and like, I want to say too about the fast count, like, and I don't know if this is years and be like, look over you know, thinking it or like looking into something that's not there. But like when I see that three count, the fast count, I feel like you see a, a conflicted count, you know, because like while I agree it's not slow, I mean, like it's not a it's not a fast count. It doesn't seem like completely normal. He seems like in between. And that's why I think he's like a conflicted guy, the referee in it. Cause like I was watching it and I rewound it like a few times the other night or the other morning. And I was just like, it almost looks like it's a it was like pumped up to like 1.5 speed or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't quite a normal pace, but it wasn't like fucking zooming through it either. It was like, he was, a, he was torn, a torn guy. And like, I always like, I don't want to roast the referee so much. Not that I give a fuck about Nick Patrick, but it's just like, you know, he's obviously going to eat shit. The fans are going to roast them. Eric Bischoff publicly roasts them. Hogan would have got him fired if he didn't, you know, Sting obviously isn't pleased with the way the count went down. All these things like this guy just has to eat everybody's shit forever because he, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get blamed for like ruining mm-hmm. the biggest match in WCW's history, you know, arguably. arguably. I just think, I just think it's funny because it's just like, what are you going to do? Sucks. Kevin Sullivan was the booker there and he was interviewed on it. And he said that Nick Patrick knew the finish was supposed to be fast, but somewhere there was a miscommunication and he's really never explained why. So that has to be Hogan, right? I mean, yeah, I don't, that's yeah. it. I mean, yeah. how, what, it is. what what gets lost in translation? <laughs> hey, Nick, fast count. hey, Nick, count faster. <laughs> how does that get misconstrued? Yeah. I know? kept watching, like, like, did Stink kick out? Was that what we're trying to say is screwy? Right. Like, no, yeah. he didn't kick out. Like, nope. why was Brett out there saying there's a screwy finish? I was just mm-hmm. very... Just, you gotta watch shame. what he says because that shit's funny. Like, I will because I want to watch some, the end of that. He says so, something, brother, and I just died because that's so not him, you know. Yeah, yeah. All that said, the match, five point six out of ten. Wow, slightly bet, slightly better than for the five point five out of ten I gave Shamrock and Shawn Michaels for their screwy finish, mm-hmm. only because we did get the Sting Hogan clash finally after a yeah. year. Yeah, and. You know, of course, it's a fucking blunder, but, you know, so was the end of the DX pay-per-view, if you ask me, them jumping in. So it's like slightly better, but both main events were a big disappointment. Let's talk about, oh, well, first, let me get your guys rating on that match. What do you think of the the match as a rating? I gave it uh, 2.5 stars out of five. So like right down the middle because I was into it. You know what I mean? Like I, if that, that match should have been six, seven minutes longer, we should have had a normal fucking finish. (laughs) 
and we'd be talking about it like as like a legendary moment potentially yeah. you know and you know they botched it but like but i can't deny a lot like how i was into austin the rock match even though it was five minutes i was like i was into yeah. this for 10 minutes you know and like i was i wanted it to i still wish i still watch it hoping it's better than it is you know so like i gave it a 2.5 <laughs> right down the middle it is where yeah. it should have been higher though so how'd you feel on the main event starkey 97 duke yeah so all that being said like you know the finish isn't what we wanted um it's uh it's not like this all-time great match but i still enjoyed it um a lot more than i remember enjoying it um initially and it's probably because you know you look back on this stuff fondly you know where you are in your life or how bad wrestling is to you now and stuff like that so i still enjoyed it and i ended up right, it was right. my highest rated match actually at starcade i gave it a 3.5 oh wow because still like okay. the story i was into you know hogan i thought was again ho- hilarious so it's like yeah. not this like goat match it's just like it's fun for me mm-hmm. you said a 3.5 3.5 yep what did you give eddie g and dino I gave Eddie G and Dino a four. Oh, this is my oh, okay. second that's, highest. That's why I just okay. was confused. I was like, is it the highest? Okay. No. Yeah. Sorry. It's the second highest. I'm that's so fair. used to dropping these baby <laughs> gratings on these other matches. So, mm-hmm. no, I also um, had it as my second favorite behind um, behind Eddie G and Dean. Did you, Frank, have the Raven match over the main event? I had three matches over the main event. I had. Eddie G and Malenko. I had Raven and Benoit, and I also had Kurt Hennig and DDP by a quarter star. It's a shame what a finish can do, right? Yeah, yeah, really. Like, it's like the last impression, you know what I mean? Like, that Mm -hmm. I have of that event going, oh, I hate that. I hate that. Like, all time hate that, you know? And it's like, that's (sighs) unfortunate. It's bad, bro. Yeah. It was really tough to, um, you know, I guess they still hung on. uh, WCW did and, and dominated for a little while, but shit like this, man. Um, let's talk about the overall ratings for each show and let's start with, uh, let's start with Starcade since we just okay. finished the main event. What did you rate this show overall? I gave Starcade. Uh, I, so I always do the overall grade on the 10 scale. Yeah. I gave Starcade a 5.5 out of 10. Okay. All right. Slightly above average. And that's on really because Eddie and Malenko, I think put on like a, almost almost next level match you know what i mean like it's like it's close to that good to me um so that bumps the grade a little bit but everything else i thought was like just about average maybe a couple things slightly above average so the card overall slightly above average Hmm. yeah i am almost right there with you i had a 5.1 out of 10 enjoyed parts of it just like you said Mm -hmm. some matches were a little flat the buff and lex thing but there's something about wcw not being able to deliver on huge matches Mm -hmm. is another example because the fucking build was so good so much talent though a lot of eye candy with some of these guys coming in Mach, henny ddp you got all the cool guys in here um duke what do you have for an overall rating of this show i'm actually surprised at how high it is um so I do five star ratings overall. So I just combined all my ratings and divided mm, it by the eight now. matches. And surprisingly, I had it at a three point three seven five overall. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like a five. Out of, yeah, 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 out of five. Mm-hmm. And it's one hundred percent because I loved, you know, this roster. 
you know i found right. enjoyment and stuff that <clears throat> other people might not like i rated that six-man tag match probably way higher than anybody yeah. else would because mm-hmm. i just like no i enjoyed that too yeah. Love seeing Mach in it and the interaction with him and Scotty. So yeah, three point three seven five overall. There you go. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I like to do the same, average it out over my. Eight, but then I get a little. I take some liberties, and there were certain things about this show like that I just love the production, mm-hmm. all that stuff. We'll get into it. But uh, the DX pay per view, we went through it all. Let's talk oh, about yeah. our final rating for that pay per view. This uh, throwaway December in your house pay per view. <laughs> they could have been a Monday Night Raw. Let's be honest. What'd you guys have to read it as? I'll start with this one, Frank. Okay. So overall, once again, averaging everything out, I had it, excuse me, I had it below average, actually, at 2.375 out of five. Mm, Okay. Mm, Yeah, we're not far off at a 2.37 on a... On a 10 scale, that's less than a a five. So it's like Mm -hmm. a four point something. Yeah, I gave I gave it a three point five out of ten. Mm-hmm. So overall pay per view, I just too too many too many duds for yep. me. You know what I mean? That and sure too works. many four out of your last five matches are DQs, and not mm-hmm. even your all time favorite match, Takuma Chinoku versus Brian Christopher could save it. I know, I know. <clears throat> exactly. Those guys are the how only about that? reason. They're that dude. That match is the reason. Yeah, how about fucking, that? They get a three it would be. You know what I mean? It. Like yeah. it would take that match out. It's like, oh my God, it's in the twos, <clears> probably <throat> on my grade. So it's like, yeah, brutal, brutal, pretty brutal show, you know. Yeah. Uh well, it didn't get any better for me. I had it a 2.6 out of 10. Yeah. I was averaging it all out, but then I took liberties to take points away if I could, <laughs> yeah, 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 how yeah, much yeah. I just man, yeah, you guys said it. Too many DQs. Uh it felt like a raw. It just it looked like trash. The show was presented like trash from the time. It, it really started. was. Yeah. I mean, production quality alone, mm-hmm. who would have thought we'd be saying this about the WWF, right? Like mm-hmm. WCW. must have been a little scary here. Yeah. For no, that. For WCW, sure. that set looked great. You know, like they presented it as a, as a, an important sporting event. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the it matches did, man. turned out to be duds, but <clears throat> overall, the shows were so polar opposite, like the looks of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were grungy, trashy look WWE was going for. They got yeah. it. And WCW was keeping it clean. Not in like yeah. the overproduced way shit yeah, is yeah, now yeah. in WWF, but like it looked prestigious. Like yeah, it said. felt like a big wrestling pay-per-view. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the crowd, the arena felt big. <clears throat> the The crowd felt hot. Um, Yeah, and like it mm-hmm. felt like it mattered. Where this show, like you keep saying, it felt like... You know, and I honestly feel that it felt like a raw, and I honestly feel that way with a lot of these in your houses, unfortunately. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like a lot of them don't feel like prestigious. Um, but this was the final ever in your house, uh, believe yeah. it. Yeah, not, and if you look at that whole year of '97, like WWF '97 is a, it's a rough year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of like a lot of good shits happening for them <clears> at the very <throat> top, and like you're making Austin and Brett and Sean are doing good, and Taker's still a super relevant. But like a lot of the rest of the show is like, man, this is rough with a lot of rough pay-per-views. I feel like if we keep getting into 97, we'll realize how bad a year it was, you know, because like even when you think of the mania that year, it doesn't feel as grand as the ones previous or after, you know, so it's, right. like, it's like it's like a weird time for and I wonder how hard Vince was because we all heard the rumors of Vince like he's about to go broke and all this type mm-hmm. of shit. And it's like, I wonder how real it was because like it looks it. It looks yeah. like a company it on really the downward did, man. 
I this mean, card, this card has Undertaker, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, <clears throat> Shawn Michaels, The Out. Like you see, you hear it, you go, okay. Like I want to see that show. Mm -hmm. And then you watch and go, oh, this is dog shit, you know? And it's that's yeah. weird. It's weird. <laughs> but also, like, if you compare the rosters, I mean, it, WCW oh, yeah. annihilates them. Mm -hmm. Like, top to bottom, I mean, you, you know, you have, like, some all-time greats, like you just mentioned, Taker, Rock, Austin, Michaels. But, um, you know, on the other side, top to bottom, like, their yeah. roster was – they they didn't need to call in, you know – I mean, I guess they did use Zabisco. Yeah. But like you, you literally had Sarge and Slaughter in like your third most important match, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which and I love Sarge, but like just yeah. calling a spade a spade. Like, and like how you said from top to bottom, if you <laughs> just look at curtain jerker to main event, you're talking yeah. Brian Christopher and Taka versus Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Then you're talking exactly. about Shawn, Shawn Michaels and Ken Shamrock versus Hogan and Sting. You know, yep. like just the levels of the two shows. They were just yep. in different places at that time. The six man match. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you have on one side, let's see, one Hall of Famer, two more with the Steiners. Mm -hmm. Is Boss Man in the mm -hmm. Hall of Fame? Yes. Uh, Yeah, probably. Huh? So four out of six guys, Hall of Famers. You know what's also funny? Boss Man is in the Hall of Fame, I remember. What's also yeah. funny is how I just compared <laughs> first and last match. Second matches were two six-mans. But one was the Boricuas yeah. and DOA, yeah. and the other one had Macho Man and fucking that's what I'm saying. Steiners and shit, you know what I mean? Famers, like yeah. it's like it's crazy, you know. The, the parallels. parallels were interesting, mm -hmm. but then like you look and like who would have thought? Like we're talking about WCW's production is better mm -hmm. and their roster's better. Like who mm -hmm. would have thought? Yeah, right. And we're talking about Brian Christopher as one of the high points on a show with Austin <laughs> Rock. It's yeah, it's Triple wild. H. Shawn Michaels, you name it. And I, I want to clear it up because I feel like I've been saying this is the last in your house. And I guess I got shit mixed up, but I think this is when they stopped using that uh, like logo. It would be like No Way Out of Texas mm. was the next thing, but then it would be like very small font in your house. Like it was yeah. no longer like oh, really? labeled. Oh, yeah, okay. like yeah. That big, yeah, yeah. I thought it was the last in your house too. Yeah, I don't know where I got that all crossed up. but uh, Well, because yeah, like, when you watch it on Peacock, that is the last listed under in your oh, house. Probably well, there yeah. we go. They got yep. me with that one too. <clears throat> yeah, the organization of Peacock. But so yeah, no way out of fun. Texas was called in your house still. Yeah, it was called no way okay. out of Texas in your house. So okay. they, you know, they kept the kind of uh, the moniker. There's another okay. eight man that I liked. <clears throat> that was um. Oh yeah, I guess it was. Was that the uh, Savio? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Triple I always H remember him outlaws. being like a replacement for Sean, yeah, right? For Sean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That was another. I guess they do call it no, no way out of Texas in your house. But they drew sixteen thousand people for that one a couple months later. So I guess Austin was picking business up. Um, these shows were fun. I love the review shows when we do these. We'll do them again, I'm sure, sooner than later. But any closing thoughts for you guys on this? I think we covered top to bottom. December of 1997. Yeah, I will say I thought I'd enjoy more of the Starcade just like from like memory, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think I'll I was I thought like when you when you proposed this idea to do these two shows, I was like, well, Starcade's gonna fucking shit all over it. <laughs> and then like in a sense, it I guess it does at the end of the day, but like, but not by that as much as I would have anticipated. You know what I mean? With, yeah, I mean, because the other show was just so bad. Yeah, the other show was so bad, but like <clears throat> I would have thought like, oh, the Starcade gets a seven 
out of 10, you know, for me. I didn't, I don't think there's going to be a lot to eights and nines because it's hard to do a top to bottom. Exactly. Exactly. But like, but I thought I would be in that range, like, okay, seven out of 10. I thought it felt like this was going to be one where I get to globe, you know, give a glowing review. And it was like, oh, no. I thought so too. It didn't turn out that way, really. No, this was um, of all the shows we've reviewed, whether it's WrestleMania one, Starcade 85, you go down the list, Bad Blood. The DX pay per view was my lowest rated. Mm-hmm. show of everything we've rated so far mm. and i just think i mean it's hard to argue for this yeah. show being um really worth a rewatch ever again honestly yeah <laughs> i still think... still gave your boy sean that glowing review though well dude i mean <laughs> uh, he we said it on a show with a lot of shit he, he still stood out to um to carry shamrock in that one but no but also you know like we said like it's all about what you enjoy from a match you know and you're gonna always enjoy sean you know always and i yeah and i would put that neck and neck with the uh, star k main event uh even though both ended sloppy but this was fun hopefully everyone who was listening and watching did watch these shows beforehand we did mention it that we were going to be doing these reviews. So hopefully you watched along. If you didn't go back and watch these shows, tell us what you think of these matches. Maybe we were too tough on some of them. Maybe we were spot on. Uh, Maybe we were ranking guys like uh, Brian Christopher and Taka too high. Let us know what you think. Um, Leave it in the comments. Keep subscribing. We're heading into the holiday season. We got fake ass Santa Claus here. Real quick before we sign off, we're heading into 2023. This was our first year with No Sold, a wrestling podcast. I do want to take a minute to thank everybody for listening. I want to wish everybody a very safe and happy holiday. It's not about presents. Tell people you love them. Boom. Yeah, I I could second that. Yeah, it's been fun. We're going to wind down 2022 with a little sort of... uh, highs and lows of the past year for wrestling something fun next week and then as we get into the new year we're definitely going to get into royal rumble stuff that's the next big thing not brock lesnar the next big pay-per-view uh premium live event whatever we're calling it nowadays but yeah it's been fun before we sign off um i just wanted to say so frank do you have anything for like a rumble that you want to say maybe watch come the new year because we've been debating 88 89 or 90 which is the true first royal rumble maybe next week you can let us know because there's actually we can research also ask the audience yeah okay what's what they think. think what i think well actually yeah why don't we leave it up to them what, okay. what rumble do you want to hear us review yes okay. yeah. from the, the early first, stages the first royal rumble that was presented at, on pay-per-view of 1990 mm-hmm or the first Royal Rumble that was in a bingo hall. It was only twenty. <laughs> it was only twenty people. But it counts. Like to review that one. Bad, you bad want us ball. to review oh, the greatest Royal Rumble of all time? Which one is our that? our Roman Zern? Shout out our Roman Zern. Um, he actually clarified the Big John Stud Royal Rumble of '89 was on pay per view. So put that put that uh, um, into the conversation. How how did he clarify that? He, he just decided to <laughs> nah, I think he talked to Jack, um, Tony, t- Tony Gurry or some one of the other okay. road agents. <laughs> you know, he's so part of that road agent. You clip. say 88, 
Mike says 89 and I say 1990, (laughs) which is the correct answer because that was presented as the first Royal Rumble on pay-per-view. So Frank Google, like I said, if you want to watch like a bingo hall type rumble, you know, go to to good old trusty Wikipedia, which is, you know, very reliable Wikipedia, but you know, go to there and check out your uh, Royal Rumble um, lineup and you let us know, which is the first and then we'll review it. But yes, audience matters. You guys can tell us also, I'd love to know their predictions for the upcoming rumble. Do they think that Cody Rhodes comes in at number 27 and takes it home? Well, we're going to wait and see. Uh, We're going to take it home for Robbie Rage, Kenny Chaos. High energy from the WCW power plant right there. Training hard. They need to teach Bill Goldberg a new move down there in the plant. Keep keep wrestlers safe. Come on, Sarge. I've been Vincent. Come on, Barb. Vincent. <laughs> Barb. I've been Vincent. Bruised from Scott Steiner, head to Oof. toe. This has been No Sold. This has been fun. Starcade 97, DX 97 pay per view in the books. Until next time. You make the rules and we will break them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>